I mean, it just reminded me of that Kelly Rowland uh, music video where she is beeping someone and I'm doing air quotes because of course it's podcasting. No one can see it, but Helene. Um, and literally the shot is of Microsoft Excel. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. I remember that. I definitely remember that. I remember that. That's what it's giving to me. So you know? funny. So funny. <laughs> um, also, they're just like full on ruining this full grown man's life. I feel like so bad for this man. <laughs> This is Growing Up Millennial, a podcast about all that media we loved in the 90s and the early aughts. I'm Adri, one of your hosts, and a geriatric millennial who grew up in a tropical island. And I'm Helene, your other host, and a quintessential millennial who loves media so much that I just decided to make a job out of it. Well, as you know, if you've listened to the first two episodes of this season, we are seeing double because it's all about the legends, the icons who started their career off as Baby Michelle and Full House, the Olsen twins. Also known as Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. Also, also known as the designers behind the iconic fashion brand, The Row. And more recently known as Elizabeth Olsen's older sisters. Well, this episode is all about the true crime documentary, Our Lips Are Sealed, which was released <laughs> on November 21st, 2000, and was directed by Craig Shapiro. Who, uh, remind me, that's, that was the same director as, as, was it Switching Goals as well, or just Passport to Paris? I can't remember who directed Switching so, Goals. So, okay, so Craig Shapiro... Let let me double check, but I believe he's one of the writers also of this movie. Yes. With his yes. wife and writing partner. They are the same. Yes. They are the same writers as Passport to Paris. Right. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. But did did they direct did he direct um switching goals? I, I believe he did not. Okay. Actually, I have my notes right here. Let me just I just <laughs> double check. I uh, know it was directed by David Steinberg. Uh, and so, yeah, he we we've we've dealt with him before um, as a writer, as a, as writer. a writer, as a writer. Yes. And first time um, director of this, like just the first time we've seen him direct anything to okay. our knowledge, basically. OK, well, I mean, he did. I, I liked this movie, so I think he did a decent job. <laughs> I also kind of I mean, spoiler alert, I love all these movies. This is like the the movie that I feel like the majority of people think of when they think of Mary Kate and Ashley. Like for anecdotal purposes, I was talking to my friend Lori earlier this week, and I was talking about how I had to record this podcast on Sunday night, and she's like, "Oh, what is the podcast about this time?" Because she knows we ended our our previous project. She was a a guest on our previous project, and I was telling her about I mean, it. And I mean, Lori, if you want to come on as a guest, yeah. we'll have you. <laughs> Yeah, she was great on Acupolitics. If you haven't, go listen to Acupolitics. But um, uh, so she was like, oh, what are you doing for your first season? And I was telling her about how we were doing all the Mary-Kate and Ashley movies. And she was like, like, our lips are sealed. And I was like, that's literally what we're recording on Sunday. <laughs> it's like the first one that comes to people's minds. It's It's iconic for a reason. Well, I was talking to uh, my stylist, Juliet. Um, yesterday and she obviously we, we were kikiing a little bit we we gossip a lot and she also has ADHD like I do so our brains kind of meld a lot you know yeah um 
And as I was telling her that season one was going to be American and Ashley movies, and she lost about her lost her goddamn mind, and she was like, <laughs> "Oh my god, this is everything!" And she's like, "I'll be definitely listening." So Juliet, if you're listening, thank you. Um, <laughs> you are the best stylist I've ever had. Um, Aww, that's <laughs> anyway, cute. She, I mean, she's she gets me on a different level, let's just say. Um, and I don't think I'm the only client that can say that. I think she's just like excellent and also like the, you know, all the all the things. Yeah. Not just the hair, but like the social aspect as well of basically being a, a, my other therapist. Anyway. <laughs> um, so then uh, we, I, I kind of like slipped in a little bit like that, you know, maybe season two, uh, we would be doing something that is also near and dear to her heart. And she was like, if you need a guest, please let me know. And I was oh like, my okay, gosh. okay, okay. Gotcha, yes. Gotcha. So pumped for season two, but season one, I'm loving everything so far. We have so many good things still down the line. Mary Kate and Ashley are geniuses. <laughs> I mean, geniuses of their craft, geniuses, like not just in the row, but you can see, you can see the genius in these movies. They have always been like at the top of their game, no matter what they did. Honestly, but you know, speaking of being at the top of the game of their game, let's be on top of our game and talk about what this movie, like, what is the premise, please help us out, Helene. All right, so the Parker twins just want to be popular. That's all they've ever wanted. And after blowing cheer tryouts and being hated by their entire school, they find themselves in the middle of a criminal case when they accidentally help capture and convict a thief trying to steal the quote-unquote Neil Diamond. Okay, uh, (laughs) let me stop you right there. Uh, Important to this plot is that they fuck up cheer tryouts because of a sneeze. Yes. Yes, they do. It's very important that we mention this. (laughs) Oh, we'll get to it. We're going to get to it later. Yeah, yeah, but but I just want to, like, just, you know, get you into the, yes, get the listener into the plot. Go ahead. So infamous crime lord Emil Hachu, (laughs) I'm waiting for you to say it. Bless you. (laughs) Uh, Vows his revenge and the Parker family is forced to join the witness protection program. After blabbing their way out of life in America, they're given one last chance at a normal life in Australia. Um, Hachu figures out where they are and sends his most pathetic criminal family members to retrieve the diamond and, quote unquote, take care of the girls and their family. Finding love, chasing popularity, keeping secrets and running for your life has never been more complicated. Wow. Like, let's just go into like the 411 in the filming locations because I can't wait to deep dive. Yes. This, uh, movie with you. Um, tell me what what you you know about this movie. What did we find out through Google.com? You know, that most um, secret of resources that we have. <laughs> yes. So um, there was this, this one. I Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the very first trivia item on IMDb says it is not known who played the narrator in this movie and the actor is not credited, but there's no narrator in this movie. Is there? Am I like other than Mary Kate and Ashley? Um, At the beginning where there's like that black and white film. 
Oh, that got that part. Okay. That, that made my, narrator. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So that narrator at the beginning of the movie, it's, they don't know who plays that narrator. The actor isn't credited in the end credits. And to the, to this day, his, his identity is still a mystery. People don't know who did that. So, um, and you know what? Mary Kate and Ashley's lips, they're sealed. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I, I mean, honestly, if I had to take a guess, it would probably just be like some editor or like, you know, someone who just like worked on the movie. It wasn't probably not an actor is my guess because they just needed to get it done. Um, uh, but honestly, the voice work on that very, was very good. really good. Mm-hmm. But like, I Agreed. honestly have not watched this movie in about 20 years to be same, completely same. transparent. And I'd forgotten about like the beginning sequence of this. Right. And for sure, I was like, I can't <laughs> tell if this is a real deal thing or not from the 60s. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the 50s, 60s kind of yeah. real, you know. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, and man, so- did I feel stupid when I realized that it was all part of the movie. But, you know, let's just be real. <laughs> I mean, I have more to say about it, but we'll get it to it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but let, let, I just wanted it out there. I, it was weighing on my chest, you know? That's fair. And I needed, I needed it out there. Go ahead. That's fair. Well, as I uh, hinted to earlier in the summary, the jewel in the movie is called the <laughs> Neil Diamond, which they spell it they spell it K-N-E-E-L. So like, you know, getting down on one knee and kneeling, that type of Neil. Um, but obviously it's a play on the singer Neil Diamond. Um, of course, the, of the, course the, the human, um, <laughs> the human, <laughs> yes. Um, does Neil does D- Neil Diamond ever <laughs> kneel? Is what I want to know. But go ahead. He's the kneeling Neil Diamond. Yes. Yeah, of course, of course. Wearing a Neil Diamond. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then uh, the girls actually got to keep every whatever they wanted from this movie, clothes wise. And I think that that's actually true for all their films. I mean, if you're executive producing this, I fucking hope you can keep the fucking clothes. Yeah, like they well, they come up with their entire wardrobe. They have a wardrobe person that they that like helps them mm-hmm. design and and everything. But but yeah, they, they have, as they call them in the industry, a uh, costume designer. Yes, <laughs> but- <laughs> yes, but they but they're like very 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 much involved. Like in, for example, in this movie, they actually designed the the diamond necklace themselves. Like they talk about it so much on the commentary. They're like, we designed this ourselves. And like, there's a joke later in the movie where um emil hachu um bless you thank you uh, <laughs> um makes a makes a je- like a joke about how they should become uh jewelry designers jewelry designers yeah and, and then they're like, like orders and then orders them to be killed but okay whatever. yeah so he makes he says that and then in the commentary they're like that's a funny joke because we actually designed this jewelry all ourselves it's like that's kind of cool <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The last thing I have here is that um, I thought this was interesting. The two men who play the bad guys, other than Emil, um, who are Jason Clark and Richard Carter, who played Mac and Sydney respectively. Um, and then Mac is from Newark, and Sydney is from the region of You're Ugly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're actually both, uh, the actors are both from Australia. So I thought it was funny that they had two Australian actors in Australia playing non-Australian roles with non-Australian accents. <laughs> well, and they hit it out of the park. I wouldn't have known. Yeah. Yeah, so that's all I got. What and about be- you? 
All these immigrants, they get the job done. Yeah. Um, so all I have is the, the same writers as Passport to Paris, as we spoke about earlier. Yeah. And this movie was like, um, I would say 90% filmed in Australia. Like that was interesting. Uh, yes. You know, like, like, let's let's rewind to Passport to Paris, where they basically <laughs> filmed at least half of it in California. <laughs> Yeah, they got like B-roll shots and like basically illegal non-permit filming done in in Paris. Paris. But everything, yeah. And in this movie, yeah, they 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 had like very few scenes in Los Angeles, but the ones where they're in their bedroom in like it's supposed to be in Australia, apparently all the bedroom scenes were in Los Angeles, uh but everything else was in Sydney. I mean, that would make sense to me though, right? Like if it's an interior shot, why would you waste yeah. um your you know, money on uh, Australia filming when you have probably like cheaper location shots. Yes. However, however, the, the kangaroo, cause there's kangaroo. Um, whenever the kangaroo, yes, boomer, whenever boomer, who is the name of the kangaroo, by the way, was Vince. Um, the Australian kangaroo's name was Vince. They had two kangaroos. They had an Australian and American kangaroo because sometimes they would have shots of the kangaroo in their bedroom, which was in Los Angeles. So they had a Los Angeles kangaroo and an Australian kangaroo. And apparently the Los Angeles kangaroo was like mean, but the Australian kangaroo Vince was very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the Los Angeles kangaroo had been body shamed to oblivion. You don't know. Yeah, I also think maybe he's just like, I'm not supposed to be in Los Angeles. I want to go back to Australia. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. Like, yeah. like the kangaroo saw how the toilet flushes in America and is like, I yeah. am not in the right place. Yeah, it's going the wrong way. <laughs> the, the swirl in the wrong, rec- wrong, wrong direction. <laughs> I'm not in Kansas anymore. Okay, anyway. <laughs> I don't have any good transition from this. So let's dish. Let's get into this movie. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. All right. I'm going to scroll. I'm sorry, listeners. I have to scroll down five fucking pages <laughs> to get to my notes because someone here has five fucking pages worth of notes. So if this here <laughs> podcast ends up being three hours long for an hour and a half long movie, I am sorry it is not my fault. It is Helene's. <laughs> I'm thorough. What can I say? I'm thorough. My fucking God. Like, like I don't know. I've, I, probably there are probably FBI case files that are shorter than this, Helene. Probably. Probably. Definitely their <laughs> file. Definitely their file in this movie. <laughs> their file is like three pages of like nothing but like words. That are like big printed. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get that to that. We'll, we'll get um, there. We'll get there. <laughs> so we open, as we hinted earlier, on this like old timey black and white propaganda ad for the witness protection program. According to the commentary, they included this to kind of give like a like a background refresher on the witness protection program for people who didn't know what it was when they watched the movie. So. Okay, so I okay, I have a lot of thoughts on this video. First of all, uh before the video, the fonts have improved significantly on was, the okay and okay I, you always I, talk about the fonts so <laughs> well i want to i and i am nothing if not consistent so yeah. i'm gonna give credit where credit is due where the font is no longer comic sans or some weird rip off of the friends font yes like in switching goals 
Um, this one is blocky and kind of like kooky, but like in a fun way. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. that. Thank you. You could tell they have more money for yes. this movie too. And what I thought they were doing with like the propaganda video, and maybe I misunderstood because of course I could, I misunderstand things all the time yeah. as someone who is on the spectrum <laughs> and, you know, social cues sometimes are hard. Um, is that it was like the prop like the video they play they play to you when you are entering witness protection program sort of yeah yeah i mean or if if you're like like a welcome to the witness protection program let me tell you what we do here yeah like, yeah either that or it's like a training video for people in the FBI who don't who are like training to work in the yeah i believe and i i, I only know about this i only Let's just not even say I know about this. I only understand this through the lens of TV and movies because, of course, I know nothing about the Witness Protection Program, as I'm sure it's by design. Uh, but the FBI doesn't handle that. It's the U.S. Marshals. Is my yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of questions. Like, d- does the Witness Protection Program have jurisdiction in Australia? Because I assumed it was a U.S. federal no, thing. No. Yeah, it, it, that's the other part. That was yeah. that was my two-parter of like. <laughs> yeah, those were that was my question as well. Uh, although, okay, so I don't I don't think it's the FBI though. You're right. I don't. I, it might be. It might be, but I don't, I don't know. So, for my understanding of TV and movie consumption, um, the U.S. Marshals are the ones who actually have the witness protection program. Like, like they have, like they are the ones placing the people and t- watching yeah. over them and like checking up on them. The FBI yeah, but they, doesn't do that. But the FBI does is like working on the criminal case for a meal person. So like they're probably aiding and like helping. Maybe they do the the like security detail. I don't know. No, but it like technically, even if the FBI like again from TV and movies, uh, there's like that thing where it's like even if the if whatever law enforcement is doing the case does the case, but the U.S. Marshals are the ones who decide where they're sending people right and yeah that would make they sense do, and they do the actual like logistics of well, sending people listeners if you either work for the witness protection program or are in <laughs> or in the witness protection program please feel free to email us please, please feel free to email us at gummypod at gmail.com tell us all about your experience and uh school us because we know nothing obviously also like just sending like the idea of the fbi whose jurisdiction is just federally owned land of the united states to send people to australia which would be more of a cia domain is so if, fucking unreal <laughs> would it be a cia domain i don't know i yeah, have like, no idea the cia cannot operate in u.s soil okay now 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 we're getting into wait i don't know any of this stuff like, let's just let's no, just no. talk about the movie <laughs> okay no no but like for real like the cia cannot do domestic operations they can only do foreign operations Okay, Literally, cool. Yeah. That's the difference between the FBI and the CIA. <laughs> okay, all right. I believe you. Okay. Um, if, you guys, if you guys want to talk about it more, just email us. Um, but I, what I thought was funny was like, it's obviously, it's like clearly an ad that's supposed to be made in the 50s because it's using all 50s. Uh-huh. Like, you know, it's black and white. Like 50s, it's using all 50s and 60s, like, yeah. Yes, but it's calling out at the end, calling out two specific witnesses that are only alive in 2000. Like... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and also, why would you name the witness numbers and say their names in the mo- in the video? Like it defeats the purpose of this. Well, I, I have thoughts as to why, and we can get to that at the, at the end. Um, but it's still dumb. But yes. <laughs> Yes, witnesses okay. 9235 and 9236. So it starts with, you know, our introduction to the Parker sisters. They're yes. so popular. And I was like, this is a dream sequence. Oh my, okay, no, it took, it took me a really long time, honestly. So like they're walking off of the bus, right? And um, it's like the Parker sisters. And they say, I hope we'll be popular. That's like the first... Like yes. the first thing they say, and I'm like, that's really on the nose. Like, I feel like teenagers think that, but they don't just say like, I want to be popular. Um, and also I was like, you're both extremely hot. You're definitely going to be popular. Just like, don't even worry about it. Uh, <laughs> and then it took a while for me to realize that it was a treat. <laughs> well, it was like when okay. everyone started chanting Parkers, Parkers, Parkers. That's why I was like, okay, now this is a dream. Yeah. This is a dream. Okay. So. Then they get an in this dream they get an award uh, for their extremely fashionable footwear as well. No, it's their it's yeah, there's like, three things: their contrib- contributions yeah. to society, their superior grades, and their extremely fashionable footwear. All things I myself aim to be known for in my lifetime. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't, right? Like, yeah, that's yeah. Steve Madden is really banking here. Yes. Um, there's like a parade also in the middle of this dream. Yeah. And then they wake up and they say, great dream. And then the other one says, wasn't it? And my first thought was like, wait, they share dreams in yes. this universe? Yeah. So I was, I was like, I love that they imply that they have the same dreams. And in the commentary, the girls say that they added this because in real life, so many people asked if they've ever shared the same dreams. They didn't. I, w- I was hoping they would like clarify yes or no that we've have we ever have you ever shared a dream I don't they don't say but they say that they've been asked it so many times in real life that they included that in the movie I'm pretty sure the answer is no Helene I don't but... think it's possible but I I draw out an identical trend so I I don't know <laughs> as someone who is not an identical twin I am going to just systematically say no <laughs> yes and then I also have to say like they're fighting to get into the bathroom and one of them. By the way, listeners, because I know I've been good about this in the last two episodes um, about being able to tell them apart and say which twin is what. First of all, in this part of the movie, they don't have first names. They're just known as the Parker twins. We never figure out what their names are until they go into witness protection program that have fake names. So I, I can't call them by their names. I also had a really hard time telling them apart in this which is fucking unreal to me because i feel (laughs) like i have a harder time telling them apart in passport to paris than in this movie mary Kay is the one with the meg ryan haircut okay yeah it took me uh, yeah i just i just struggled with it a lot so i'm just gonna say one of the girls most of the time so anyway because i don't know um but okay so it was mary kate who like shouldered ashley out of the way with okay. a ruse to get to the right. bathroom. Right. Yeah. So, so um, I just thought the, so she goes like, Oh look, Brad Pitt. And then the other one's like, where? And then that's how she, the other girl gets in the, into the bathroom. And I, first of all, I was like, why would this person believe that Brad Pitt is in their house? Like, are we just setting this character up to be really stupid? I was like, that is weird. And then also fun fact, apparently Ben Affleck was a second, clo- was a close second for who they wanted to use as a diversion, but they went with Brad Pitt. Whew. None of that has aged well, honestly. <laughs> mm. Well, that's something. <laughs> yes. 
Um, yeah. But- okay. So they live in like a trailer. Yeah. Yep. They live in a trailer park. Um, uh, and then their dad is a man in uniform, as he calls himself. Yeah. And he's a male dad. <laughs> They they try to get you to believe that they're setting her dad up as like a police officer. Like he wears a uniform. He's important to upholding the order of society. And then he walks out in his postal service uniform. And also here's another fun fact. They have this dog that's chasing him right away and like Mm -hmm. biting his ankles. And apparently they had to put fake teeth, doggy dentures on the dog to make him look more scary. That dog looks like Emmy, is what I wrote in my notes. Tiny, <laughs> tiny little dog. Yeah, tiny yeah, little like dog. Yeah, like tiny white chihuahua with brown spots. Well, you right. know, like that looks... I was like, oh, Emmy, it's your first feature role. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Very cute. Um, Look, like, I will find... Like, this is my note. All caps. Look at Emmy on that man. <laughs> <laughs> look at Emmy. Man. <laughs> Uh, I, for for those of you at home, I have a small white chihuahua who's very fierce and protective and looks just like this dog, kind of. Like, I don't just know like if that dog was chihuahua. a chihuahua. I don't think that dog was a chihuahua, though. Well, Emmy is like part chihuahua, part like a... Wiener dog or something. Jack, like Jack Russell Terrier type. Oh, I could see Jack Russell Terrier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's not that long. She's not long enough to be a wiener dog. She's just like a little tiny, like little yeah. juicy burrito, as we call her in this house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then we have the Parker sisters having the battle of the blow dryers. Yeah, I was watching this. And I was like, why does this feel like I'm looking at the inner workings of like the male gaze? Like, the- <laughs> <laughs> like oh. it wasn't a pillow fight. It was blow dryers. Yeah, I'm like, first of all, I don't think anyone's ever done this in their life. Um, and also, really, okay, wait, wait. Running two blow dryers on the same electrical system on a trailer? How did they not trip the electricity? Yeah, I was like, they're fighting over who gets to take a shower first. Why don't they just like go take turns on who gets to blow dry their hair first? Like, I have tripped, I have tripped like a breaker using a blow dryer by myself. So (laughs) I just want to know who did their electricity for their. Like, right, <laughs> breakers not to trip, or like, or is it like they like strategically are using blow dryers on different breaker systems? Like, I don't know. Like, it's just yeah. unbelievable. But yes, this is the adult speaking. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So then the girls arrive at school um, for cheerleader tryouts, and their hair is a mess <laughs> because of their blow dryer fight. Yeah, blow dryer battle. Um. And one of the cheerleaders is mean to them. And yes. then Ashley is mean right back. Yeah, she's a Halloween joke. Yeah, it's like a girl, this girls, this Halloween isn't until October. And then she's like, then why are you acting like such a witch? Witch. Burn. And then the next cutscene to them at the bottom of the pyramid. And Mary yes. Kate looks at Ash, she's like, What did you have to say that? She's like, it just slipped out. <laughs> Yeah, they have a really hard time. They don't have a filter. They have no filter in this movie, neither of them. They have a really hard time not saying what's on their mind. So um, one of them sneezes. I don't remember who. I Maybe Mary-Kate. I think um, it's Mary-Kate, yeah. Maybe. Nothing happens to the pyramid, but once... They try to have like a tissue. That's when everything. Well, it's because she lifted up her apart. hand to put it in her pocket. <laughs> you, it's all about balance. Yeah, they. She lifts up her hand to get tissue out of her pocket, and the whole the whole pyramid goes down. And this is when I was like, okay, 
first of all, I, I'll preface this with saying this whole movie has like deliberate spoofs on popular films, like popular like franchises and stuff. Um, and this one, I don't know if this was intentional, but this this whole part gave major Bring It On vibes. Like at the beginning oh, of Bring It same, On. Same, same, same. With the fake dream, with like the cheerleader tryouts, like just all of that. Yeah, yes. and then the girl, and then the girl falls off the pyramid and and like has to go to the hospital. But but in in this case, she's fully on a stretcher with like yes, a neck brace. <laughs> yes, but but in this case, they don't get brought in as an alternate or anything. It's just yeah. No, they 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 are now witness protection program with brown bags on top of them because people <laughs> hate them. That disguise was so fucking amazing. <laughs> yes. And then they're out there, right? Like getting hot dogs, right? Right, yes. And so they're now- talking about how they're not self-absorbed while a literal crime is happening behind them. Yeah, now we're getting to the juicy part of the movie. This is this is where the true crime starts to set in. So we <laughs> we see these masked guys stealing a diamond out of the museum behind them and they're coming out and they're there's yeah, the guys like fighting with people and like blowing up balloons and shit and they just they're just like I got to get this fucking ketchup onto this fucking hot dog like that. I am one track mind. <laughs> And uh, somehow they squeeze the ketchup bottle too tightly or too much in the middle of all of this. The ketchup effects. on the bad guys. The yeah, effects. it's terrible effects. Bad guy's like shirt, a balloon pops. He thinks he's been shot. Yeah, this all happens simultaneously. It all happens simultaneously. Like he he gets the, the ketchup that he thinks looks like blood. He hears... The, the gunshot, pop. and then I, because that's how smart people work. Like you, you feel absolutely nothing, yet you think you got shot because you heard a gunshot and there's ketchup on your shirt. Well, also, it probably has like a phobia of blood. There, therefore, he just like maybe falls to the ground. Maybe he shouldn't be a life of crime. <laughs> maybe he shouldn't be in the family business. You know, like right. all these goons should not be in the family business. But that's neither here nor there. Nepotism is never good. That's like the whole thing of the of the movie, I guess. <laughs> I think yeah, um, one of them. Yeah, but yeah, he passes out, and they take off his mask, and he has a huge ass zit on his cheek. A very disgusting zit that then we get to see more in detail in the cut to courtroom scene. And the lawyer is like interviewing them on the stand, one of them on the stand. And they're like, yep, he's the most like that is the zit that I saw. Yeah, that same one. And then there's like this scene where the lawyer is standing in front of the projected shot of the sit so it looks like she has this huge zit on her face yeah they projected it on yeah they, that was that was intentional for sure yeah no no um, that was an artistic choice that i am still questioning honestly yeah um i just want to point out they're wearing these adorable matching pink and blue cardigan and skirt sets um <laughs> they're they're almost always wearing pink and blue again in this movie and yes. their mom is wearing lavender which is Pink and blue together. Oh my gosh, that's that's interesting. Um, even even lavender eyeshadow, which I PSA to to all of you listeners who wear makeup. Um, lavender is such a hard fucking color to pull off, especially if you're of the lighter skin complexions. So please don't do it. You're just gonna look. I'm gonna so throw tired. away all my eyeshadow now. Thank you. 
Um, You're welcome. I just want to say, because this is where we we learn about uh, Hachu. Um, mm-hmm. Bless you. Thank you. Uh, and uh, how he's because they break the fourth wall and they're talking about how. Oh, one of many, I would say. Yes, that is. Yeah. Breakage, breakages of the fourth wall. If I had to give an award to this movie's best use of fourth wall breakage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's not even them. They're not just them. Like the one of the bad guys does it too later on. And it's like great. Um, yeah. I, I love it. Break, breaking the fourth wall is like the che- one of the cheesiest, most beloved things that anything like that's why I loved She-Hulk so much. She broke the fourth oh, wall it. and I love yes. that she broke the fourth wall. Like I just love when they do that. Yeah, um, yeah. I think same, it's like a, I think it's like a you love it or hate it because I know a lot of people who really hate it, but I love it. Uh, um, actually, as an avid watcher of reality TV, I am loving this new version of reality TV, and I know that I'm speaking to a very niche group of people. Um, new the newest reality TV is less, um, I would say, edited in a way that, like, you can see sometimes producers, you can hear producers now. Yeah, there's more yeah. fourth wall breakage. I really enjoy those moments because yeah. it feels more real to me. Yeah, it's. I agree. I would agree with that. And um, this is very tongue in cheek the way it's it's done. I feel like I really like it. Yeah, same. Um, I I want to call out though because his name is I'm gonna I'm gonna say it again. His name is Hachu, and Bless I just you. thank you. And I think that it's funny because it's just like the like it just reminds me of their sneeze in the pyramid. Yeah, <laughs> literally. So I was that's part of my like notes. I was like. Hachu family because a chew and there goes the pyramid. Another fucking joke I didn't catch as a child. I what? also okay. and then I said, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. And then I said, what else is in store for me? <laughs> yeah, and I also want to point out that if this movie was Jewish, they would be saying Gazuntite instead of bless you, but it's um, whatever. Well, <laughs> well Yeah, um in, in Spanish you would say salud, I guess. So. That makes sense. Yeah. So we find out that the guy that they help convict uh, with the zit is the by nephew. The way, by the way, he was he was under a lot of stress. Okay, yeah, Just yeah. So yeah. You know. Anyway, so he's the nephew of the the crime lord from You're Ugly, which is the. <laughs> Just can't believe that that's what they went with. Um, and at Beautiful. the end, when when the guy's getting taken away into handcuffs, uh, Emil. Uh, <laughs> it's just screaming at them like a maniac like I'm gonna get you I'm gonna get you like you you're like you're on my list basically and they, I think it's uh, Ashley turns to Mary Kate and is like what a drama queen <laughs> loved it he is so over the top I said he is adequately over the top for this also movie. another fun fact that actor was carrying like a cane throughout the movie it's actually mm-hmm. not part of his character he just had a knee injury he didn't actually oh. it wasn't part of his character <laughs> poor thing yeah so then the Parker family are at the FBI because that's apparently where the witness protection okay. program happens and I need to say something. I'm so sorry. But like there is an animation that goes from the field office B-roll to the inside office. And it's like like the camera kind of going through the venting system. Oh, yes. They did that, that multiple was, times throughout the movie. Yes. It, it's done at least twice um, yeah. that I wrote down. It is very much giving uh, museum, the Louvre Museum and Password to Paris. <laughs> Yeah, not as bad because it's not as like super obvious or like there for a long period of time. But yes, I, I see what you mean for sure. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So if not the Louvre, 
at least the uh, <laughs> the plane from Car- Carmen San Diego from Passport to Paris. Okay, with yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> from America to Paris. Yeah, I mean, it's also giving, like, the ketchup stuff from earlier, oh, too. So, I listen, mean. listen. They had more money, but yes. they didn't have, like, Barbie money to make this movie. You know what I mean? Right. So the 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 Parker family is being briefed by the FBI that they're going to have to go into the witness protection program because this guy is dangerous and they're worried for them. And I just have to say this guy's line. Okay, this is like what the there's there's um the bald white guy with the glasses who doesn't know what the hell he's doing. He says this thing where he goes, "Until Emil Hatchu is permanently put in the pokey, you Parkers are in peril." You mean, <laughs> and, okay, so okay, so the the white guy the bald guy with the glasses. His name is uh, Willie Garson, and he is best known for his role as um, Ke- one of Carrie's best friends on Sex and the City. Oh, yeah. he's I've seen him in a million things. He's like one of those character actors that you're like, I know him, but I don't know what from. Yeah, he um, unfortunately has since passed. Uh, so oh, he, I did not know that. That's yeah. so sad. He's really, he's really funny. And I didn't like, I noticed in this scene that, um, that he has this line where, you know, there's all the P's and it reminded me of that teacher in that's so Raven that spits every time he uses the word P. Do you know what I, Mm -hmm. like a, a, like Mm -hmm. a word, Mm -hmm. a a word with Mm -hmm. P in it. And then I I noticed it later in in later scenes too, after I watched, so I watched this movie twice listeners because I wanted to watch the commentary. And the second time I realized that almost every single one of his lines has like multiple P words in a row. And I did not realize it the first time. Yeah. So I don't know why he did that. He rest in peace. He's great. I loved him. Yeah. He was great. Yeah. Um, They're telling the kids, they're telling the family that they have to move and start their life over and not, and like leave town basically. And the girls are really happy because they just blew cheerleader tryouts and now everybody at school hates them. <laughs> um, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the, they have like that fantasy flash where like they're like in their mind, they're like, there's like the, the parade is happening again and they're high-fiving and they're so excited that they get, they get to leave. Um, and then it like pans to them being like, Oh, that's sad. I'm sorry. Boo. Um, and it just, it, that gave me super Lizzie McGuire vibes. Cause like it would always cut to like, what she was oh, thinking her, yeah yeah so i wrote my only note for this scene it was these twins have a rich internal life <laughs> yeah these girls are like they're chaotic <laughs> all right so then we have like a montage of all the places they they have been sent uh for their own protection uh we begin with texas yeah, wait, can I just say that I, I love how this, I love that this family's inability to keep secrets is costing the U.S. government millions of dollars. Can I just say of that? Like of millions course. of dollars. At first I wrote down thousands to millions and then I saw how many times they had to move them and I was like, no, it's millions. It's definitely oh, millions. Literally, there was not a town they had not visited in the U.S. Yes. Uh, <laughs> if we are to be belie- believing this map. So we begin in Texas. They're like very cowgirl chic obviously yes. give the wrong names uh or whatever um, and immediately that, fold <laughs> immediately fold then uh then they go to washington and they go very grunge in their looks the very 90s excellence yeah seattle grunge um, i want to say get to my favorite of this montage which is Amish, Amish. pennsylvania yes yes the pennsylvania dutch or is that what they're called um, yes 
Correct. Yeah. I, but one one note though, when they're showing, because they show like the moving truck, people going in and out at, like a million uh-huh. times, and their dad is carrying the same exact plant in the same exact pot out of the moving out and out and into the moving truck every single time. I laughed every time I saw it. <laughs> he, Helene, he is the designated plant. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna guard uh, this plant with my life. With my life. <laughs> this is the only shred of normalcy that I have left. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot be a mailman anymore. I will guard this plant. Yeah, no matter plant, what. This plant is is my mission. But yeah, so they're in the the Amish community, and they're wearing like this these awful matching outfits like the, with the bonnet and everything. And then they're like, "All right." They look at each other and they're like, "That's it. Uh, we are blabbing." And for yeah, real, they were like, uh, "They're like, we're doing this on purpose." Also, apparently, um, that scene was like um modeled after uh the movie witness i've never seen it but that that's where it took inspiration from wow yeah. we're getting deep we are going deep there's a lot uh, yeah all right so then a bunch of other places like i said there wasn't a town in the united states these twins did not blab in yep then i just also sh- love how the so they're showing like the beeper for the yes. um for the yes. fbi agent and the beeper just says parker which parker, i'm pretty sure exclamation is, point yes i'm pretty sure that's not how beeper beepers worked no no <laughs> pretty i sure. just want to honestly i just want a zoomer to watch this movie for the first time and tell me how they think beepers worked to be fair like i just Honestly, when Olivia can speak enough, I will watch her. I will show her this movie and I'm going to ask her, so how do beepers work? Do you yeah, think? Cause like I, I want her to tell me. At one point in the movie, they're like, I, I rang his beeper and left a message. And it's like, like, are people thinking that when you, you can like, just like hold the beeper up to your ear and hear like a voicemail? Like, what do they think is how, how you leave yeah. a message on a beeper? I mean, it just reminded me of that Kelly Rowland uh, music video where she is beeping someone and I'm doing air quotes because of course it's podcasting. No one can see it. But Helene um, and literally the shot is of Microsoft Excel. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Yeah. I remember that. I definitely remember that. I remember that. That's what it's giving to me. So funny. So funny. (laughs) Um, also they're just like full on ruining this full grown man's life. I feel like so bad for this man. Yeah. I wrote, I wrote in this, this is a montage for the ages. And, um, then we have, uh, do you have anything uh, other, other than that? Just no, um, I, I really don't have much until they actually arrive in Australia. Obviously like the guy, the guy tells them that they're going, yeah, go ahead. I have one last thing. I have uh, Willie Garson, who I don't even know who he, what his name was in the movie. No idea. Um, <laughs> goes, I knew I should have gotten into ladies' shoes, and I right. about died. Yes. At that because yes. his character in Sex and the City is a gay man. <laughs> called, Amazing. Uh, Stanford Blanche. And he's not into ladies' shoes, but like, you know, Carrie is into ladies' shoes. So it just kind of all gelled for me. Yeah, that's amazing. I love that. Yeah. Um, so, um, so then, then we get arrive, to Australia. Yeah, they arrive in Australia. They're they're now the Turtle Bees, um, who run the Salvation Shore Inn. Abby and from Maddie, Ohio. Yes. from Ohio, from from Cleveland. Yes, and the yeah. girls' names are now Abby and Maddie. I have to say, because when I was trying to figure out if they had names when they were the Parker twins, because they never said them, I looked them up on IMDb, and they are. 
credited as Abby and Maddie Parker, not Abby, not Abby and Maddie Turtleby or Ab, or like, you know, whatever the Parker names were that we don't know. But Abby and Maddie Parker, which has just never been their name. That's that was never their name. <laughs> unless unless I don't know. They were like, we've already run through all the A and M names in the entire fucking world. You're now in Australia. We're just going to change your last name. That's it. No, because every single time they they fuck up. I know, but maybe it's because they've been to so many fucking places that they don't even know what their real names are anymore. Yeah, like she like at one point, like she calls Abby Agnes, and she's like, "It's Abby," you know. It's like Molly. No, it's Maddie. Yeah, whatever. whatever. And it's like, okay, like (laughs) if if it were their real names, they would have known those. Oh, and I want to point out, like to me, like the aerial footage that they use to like get like situate the viewer in australia the b-roll was a yeah. little yeah that was a little bit wonky for me really oh i didn't have yeah. an, i don't have an issue with it it, it was it was just not as a i don't know I, I was expecting a little bit more the b-roll did get better yeah afterwards um yeah. we got katie who Wait. is oh, oh yeah no yeah no 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 yeah we have katie and shelby yep um oh, yeah We've got Katie, who is a supermodel, question mark. <laughs> I mean, when she's, when she's not teaching scuba classes or working or being for the an FBI, FBI agent. <laughs> yeah, Spoiler sure. Alert. Sure. FBI agent. Sure. Um, and Shelby, who runs the fishing boat. Yeah, the fishing boat. He's the fisher fisherman. Um, and then I just want to say, I don't know if you noticed this. You probably did. But um, when we see their bedrooms their like their comforter one of their comforters is the exact same fabric as the like 60s dresses they wear to the yacht party oh oh i noticed i loved it i loved it so much i clocked it real quick like it was just (laughs) like oh okay we are multi-purposing here i love yeah i love a sustainable queen um then we get it also introduced to Boomer, who we talked about before. Yes. He is a kangaroo who loves potato chips and cartoons. And cartoons, yeah. He was like I'm I'm pretty sure I think I stopped I lost count, but around five, but there were at least five sh- just shots of Boomer watching cartoons in this movie. Yes. Yes. At least five. At least five. And later on watching a soap with the mom. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I saw that. <laughs> it's one of my favorite scenes. It's like <laughs> It's like, you know, you know, she's never, it's never going to work out because he's having an affair with like, whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, it was just and like the whole thing. It made me wonder, and I didn't find any support for this, but um, I was talking to you off mic about how the two main like love interests in this movie, um, I think one of them got the, like, was like a really big in Australian soap operas. And so I was wondering if maybe that was his soap opera they were playing, but I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, we, I, it's. I mean, Australia has so much, uh, like so much, so many TV shows and stuff that never make it to the U.S. Right? Yeah, yeah. Or, or didn't used to. Like now, we get more because of streaming and like all of that. But like whatever we see or we get in streaming from Australia and the U.K. and like you know just internationally anyway, it is yeah. basically like three percent of everything they do. So, I. I cannot even begin to think about like what treasure troves of shows we have yeah. been missing out on. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Um, well, we got Crocodile Dundee. That's all we really needed, right? Speaking of Crocodile Dundee, let's yeah. get to that fashion. Yes. So it's the first day of high school. They show up in full on Crocodile Dundee uniforms. Like, 
<laughs> thinking that that's all they're going to fit in. And we meet Sheila, who comes up to them. And OK, so this is her line. And I'm going to break it down. I know that they do like, a oh, subtitles, please. And then like tell you, but I want to break it down. The line is she goes up to them and she says, Good day, mates. Welcome to Steak and Kidney. What's with the Barrow Daggy Duds? Yuseppo's gone tropo? Yeah, it's beautiful. Um, and they do break this, they do like show what, like on a baseline, what it means in the movie. But I, okay, so I looked it up individually. Steak and Kidney is, is like a slang word for Sydney, which I don't remember if they say that, like explain that later. Yes. Yeah, they do. Um, but it's because an Australian version of Cockney rhyming slang emerged as a popular and humorous way to form words. So steak and kidney rhymes with Sydney, and that's why they use steak and kidney mm-hmm. because it rhymes. It's like, okay. Um, and they also use Aristotle for, for bottle of drink, which is interesting. Anyway, that's just a fun fact. Um, wow. When I go to Australia, <laughs> I'm going to be so popular. Yeah, you just got to rhyme everything. It's going to be yes. so fun. So, so fun. Um, and then I could not, for the life of me, find any, like, definition for the word barrow. Like, the only thing I could find was that, like, it could be a shortened version of wheelbarrow. Um, and then also on Merriam-Webster, it, like, the word can also be, like, used as for mounds of dirt. I don't know. That one didn't make any sense to me. But daggy is a term that is often used as an affectionate insult for someone who is or is perceived to be unfashionable lacking self-consciousness about their appearance and or poor with poor social skills yet affable and amusing it's a very specific thing wow um, i didn't yes. know that there was a word to describe me until right now wow to describe what me Uh, Yeah. Uh, And then duds are just like a Australian slang for clothing. Seppo is um, now this one I thought was really interesting. Seppo is an American and it's it's because. um, okay, so basically. They took the word Yankee. They they um, shortened it to Yank and then the Cockney rhyming comes in and they rhymed it with tank. And then they sh- they lengthened that to septic tank, and then shortened it back down to sepo. Beautiful, <laughs> isn't that fucking crazy? <laughs> and yeah, then, we just—I mean, we just call America uh, in Puerto Rico. We just call American gringos, you know. Yeah. Well, now, now it's just, yeah, that 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 is a bit more straightforward than sepo because there's a lot of a lot of thought that goes into everything here. That's kind of crazy. Which, speaking of crazy, tropo means crazy um, because it's like it's supposed to be like crazy, mad or strange behavior, especially as attributed to hot weather. So tropo, tropical. It's wow. So, yeah, I just thought that was very interesting. (laughs) So as so as we're going through this. this school we're like meeting all the it's like mean girls now right we're going through and we're Mm. meeting all of the different sections of people i have a question though why are the surfer dudes not popular poor leonard first of all right and then uh, i wrote down the surfers are the losers question mark yeah makes no sense makes no Uh, sense because as someone who grew up in an island near the shore right so like i grew up in puerto rico i literally was five minutes away from the beach at all times in my parents house i could go to when i would go to school like the skaters and the surfer dudes were the popular kids yeah i mean no other person 
that was popular, but them. I mean, have you ever seen an ugly surfer? Like I'm pretty I mean, surfer surfer dudes are always cute. They're always like athletic. They're they're talented. They're, you know, like they're jocks basically. So yeah. I'm not I don't understand. Yeah, they were like, don't talk to the surfer guys if you want to be popular. It's like what? But also the popular boys also surfed because guess yes. what? There's a surf off at the end. Yeah, so um maybe it's just those two specific surfer dudes. Maybe I want to know the backstory. I, like, there must be beef. There must be a reason. I want to know why they don't like them. Maybe it has something to do with the amusement park that one of the guy's dad's owns. I mean, yeah, we should, we should like, make up a, a harrowing dramatic tale of what happened at some point. Uh, yeah, at some point, honestly. Maybe Victoria got rejected by, like, Avery or Pete. You know? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe she loved one of them and they, they, they rejected her. Sad. Uh, and then um, the next one, <laughs> then, then we cut to like a scene at the house, I believe, because my next note is we have mailman woes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's not, co- n- neither of them are coping very well. And also the mom is smoking, which I'm just shocked they would actually like endorse Literally, that. I was just about <laughs> to talk to you about that because I am aghast at seeing an actual smoking mother of all things on a made for children yeah movie. she smokes throughout the movie every scene you see her and she's smoking she's lit trash cans on fire multiple times throughout the movie because she throws like a lit cigarette into the trash can and then at the very end it's just dismissed like oh she was so happy that we got to go home that she quit smoking it's like Okay. <laughs> You're also omitting the most iconic scene I have ever seen a kangaroo in, in which right. there's yes. like a like disembodied kangaroo arm that putting is out definitely a prop putting out the fucking cigarette. Yeah, and I will say the commentary confirms that it was they were like that was not an actual kangaroo arm. There was that was a prop. <laughs> they say that in the commentary. I mean, <laughs> thank you. Ladies, but I did not need that confirmation. I already just knew in, in case, my heart. Just in case, like, no kangaroos were harmed in the making oh, of this did, movie. Did you think, like, they were like, PETA's going to get after us if we don't say this? I, yeah, I honestly think that's why they said it. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, uh, we don't want to, like, be, like, thrown buckets of, like, fake blood or whatever. Let's just make it clear that this was a prop. Right. Um, um, I, and then... We They're, have one of the most iconic lines that has ever been in the history of movie making. It oh no. has what is it? It is I told you to never use the e word in front of me or whatever. And the e word is email because he cannot like fathom him not having to deliver a piece of mail, like something that oh, does not need him. I never understood that. He said that and I was <laughs> like, I do okay, that joke went completely over my head. <laughs> and then so my note for that is has Al Gore's internet emasculated this dad? Like oh my God. He doesn't like email because it's he can't physically oh my he's a he's obsessed with mailman stuff. Oh, I completely missed it. Completely missed it. It is iconic. Like I just, I was like, ah, oh, this, this is like such a dad joke. I- yeah, that was that's great. Now that I understand it, I I much more appreciate it. And then it's just like I kept thinking, it's like, wow, 
the internet is really gonna fuck this man over like yeah poor dude i mean males mailmen still exist they still have a job they still i mean people don't really write letters anymore it's more bills and and not fun stuff that people get in the mail but hey you get i get checks in the mail sometimes like that's exciting so that 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 is literally the only exciting thing about the mail nowadays (laughs) that and packages that you order off an ad on instagram yes yes uh amazon those amazon delivery drivers man they are my life uh so now we are watching as the girls are hanging out on a beach they're super super sad because they're not popular because that's all they want in this movie and yeah. I just am. How can two teenage girls look so incredibly miserable on a beach in Australia? First of all, like how? I, like, oh, I've been entirely miserable at beaches. Like, it's not. But they're I like mean, this is a te- this is like a teenage girl's dream. I just like they're I they're so sad to be like having fun on a beach. Like. <laughs> I think they're so sad because they're not like in with a crowd yet is the point, right? Like they're I mean, yeah, they're like watching on the sidelines again. Yeah. yeah. Well, they do have friends though, because Sheila, one of the many Sheilas we find out <laughs> that all That is at- my least favorite joke of the entire fucking movie. Yeah. It was like, like, oh, the, we're what the gang of in? Sheila's right. the gang of Sheila's is all girls named Sheila except for Erica, who also gets called Sheila. By her friends for some mysterious purpose. Well, yeah. And it, I mean, to hit the nail on the head with the joke, which honestly, like you're, you know, it's just too much. They're like, oh, what group are you in of cliques? And they're like, we're in the in- individualists. And then they're always all wearing either pigtails or a side ponytail. And they're all named Sheila. Yeah, of course. Great. It's like not funny. I, yeah, it was not a funny joke. But anyway, one of the many oh. Sheila's. Did you the, have- the main Sheila, we we, we yes. learned that the main Sheila is actually more than just friends with Leonard. Yes. So she's, we find out she's secretly dating Leonard, um, but she wants Abby and Maddie to keep it secret, which we know they're notoriously really bad at doing. Um, so that, uh, and this is what she says, Vic and her posse won't give her the royal prawn over it, which apparently prawn just means fool or jerk. So I, yeah, I was like, what does that even mean? Give her the royal prawn. There's so much Aussie slang in this movie that I did not, I had to yeah, look I, I most, I mostly kind of ignored it and went on oh, with the flow. I took it as a learning opportunity. I'm like, I want to learn Aussie slang. Like, <laughs> I want to know what this means. Um, but I get it. I am fully, I am, I am fully in my, I don't give a fuck era of what are Zoomers using? Don't care. Not because I don't care about Zoomers, but like, I'm like, yeah, I'm not that generation. It's fine. I don't need to keep up with anyone. You know, I'm like, yeah. I am fully myself and that's okay. And I'm well, old and that's fine. Yeah. Zoomers and all of the like Australian people and culture are kind of different, but I get it. I get what you're saying. No, but <laughs> what I'm saying is like, usually if I were, you know, probably a little bit younger, I'd be like, oh my God, like, this is great. Like I can learn how to whatever. But then I'm like, ah, I had to watch this movies and this movie specifically in three chunks because my child was acting up. So yeah, I'm not 
That's why I'm here. I'll, I'll do yeah. all the I'll do all the work. So yeah, you're the you're the young <laughs> one here. So go ahead. Anyway, we learn that Maddie can rang like a pro. That's what they call it, rang. Um, oh yeah, I call I call that boomerang <laughs> excellence? Question mark. Like yes. where did this come from? So Maddie is like we. She has no idea that she's good at boomeranging until this episode. But then uh, or ranging uh, the scene, the scene, the scene. Right. I'm sorry. Not movie. yeah, yeah. To this to the scene in the movie or until this movie in general and then abby doesn't know that she can surf <laughs> until this that movie. was the only part yeah 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 since when can can abby surf since this movie apparently no, since the yeah. scene apparently since yeah. scene. and then I, and then it comes up later i loved that joke that was such a great yeah. joke and so, like they're doing the runaway and the guy they get in the car and they're like how did you since when can you drive you since this scene apparently <laughs> i just love it like it's just great dad jokes all all around, like A plus plus. Honestly, yeah. every time they like t- literally talk about being in a movie in the movie, I love it. It's I just it's great. Okay, um, so then there's a montage. Okay, so wait wait a second. So they're like these c- black sunglasses that Vic is wearing in mm-hmm. the scene. I am seeing these sunglasses coming back in fashion literally everywhere, and I'm just like, oh my god, we've hit the part of our nostalgia tour where all of the shit is coming back in fashion i'm here for it i'm ready for it that works for me i'm of a mixed bag but yes um mostly yes yeah so we get the montage of the girls trying to learn how to fit in and there's there's a couple things here first of all (laughs) she's like Speak the lingo, right? And it's like, so I put on me jumper and hoed into some Tucker and I won't finish it. But like, th- how did they get away with saying ho? I understand <laughs> that it's like Australian saying, but they, they have the mom smoking and then they use, they say the word ho. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I was just shocked. Um, and then we see them eating Nutella when they are, it's clearly veg or, or Nutella instead of Vegemite. Like they're, they're yeah, supposed to be eating. Yeah, I think so. It is. I like, think so. <laughs> they hold up a jar of what's supposed to be Vegemite, it has a Vegemite label on it. They, yeah, it's clearly Nutella. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, then this iconic, since when does she know how to surf? Since this scene, apparently. Yeah. And then, uh, so like the entire montage of them trying to fit in, everyone but Victoria approves until Victoria finally gives them the seal of approval. Not until they the the smash of the can to the head. Yeah, not which is something that um our friend uh, what's his name Shelby Shelby had shown them earlier about um when they asked about how to fit in with the Aussies. Yeah, and that that's what wins her over. She's she's a sucker for can smashing heads. Also, um, something that she tries to do afterwards, but can't. And the can is a diet coke, which later we see that the goons, the Hachu goons, yes, also drink diet coke. By yeah, the way. Coke was I, um, I, definitely a sponsor for this movie. Coke, so definitely. diet coke definitely went from passport to Paris and also made it to Australia. Yeah, yeah, Coke is, uh, they must be sponsoring all these films. I don't know, man. They're in a, know, a man. lot of them. Um, right, so then that, we get this funny thing that says, meanwhile, back at the FBI. <laughs> uh, and then we get another uh, vent scene, I believe, and someone is breaking into the FBI. Yes, and this is where that file, so first of all, their files are 
they have one file with both of their pictures on it. So it's like they're basically one glob of a human rather than two individuals. Um, what do you mean that twins are not one glob of a human? I know, right? <laughs> I was like, okay, so they have one. And it's just, not, it's just them, not their parents. It's not like it was like the Parker family file. It was just the two girls. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and the papers are like, stop looking at this. I mean you. I said stop. Like it was... <laughs> It's just like it was, yeah, flipping it was the papers. It was so funny, ridiculous. And the only way they know where they are is because our friend just circled the map. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He has Australia circled on the map, and he the guy's like, "There's nothing in this file. Fuck this!" And he throws the file, and it hits the map, and he's like, "Oh!" But then I, my question is, they jump from knowing they're on in Australia to knowing exactly what in there they own. Okay, like, how, how did they That's- locate them in Australia? Literally, my other note is like, wait, Australia is so huge. Right. I know they're in Sydney, which is like, you know, where you stereotypically would think in Australia. But like, what would lead you to believe they couldn't be elsewhere in Yeah, it's a huge country. There's so many other places they could be in Australia. (laughs) So weird. Anyway, um, then then we see the Hachu family tree. Um and yes. they get like the the lowest of the low. Yeah, they get the henchman. It's like what, like the twelfth cousin Mac and yeah, uncle like, by it's like mar- a, uncle by divorce. It's that point of like the it's like a very like gimmicky thing where it's like the they unfold the family tree like yeah. of, of a hidden compartment basically. Right. And these are like the last people on that hidden compartment of the family tree. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they get Mac and Sydney to, to finish the job for them. Uh, And then we cut to the girls hanging out on Victoria's father's yacht. And, um, no, no, wait, wait, wait. Oh, there's something, is there something before that? There's more. Yes. The, the goons make it to Australia. Uh, one of them has a very newfangled technology called a global positioning system. I have I have that after this scene, but okay. Oh, I have that before. <laughs> <That's> huh. Okay. <laughs> and then there was like, wow, there was some scene work on the car flip. Uh, here. Yeah. Um, and, and they're lost. Whatever. And then the Sydney Opera House. Um, and then Victoria has a rich daddy. And there's a yacht, and then they say, like, oh, there's no spit sticks on this movie, in this movie, which is beautiful because they're eating um, caviar, caviar, I believe. Yeah, but then they do have a spectacle later. She's like, I know I said this, but that that comes back around. Um, Yeah, but we don't see an actual, like, spitting motion to, like, a poor waiter or something, like, in Passport to Paris. Yeah, like, in Passport to Paris. Yeah, no, they just, we just hear vomiting off screen when they actually do it. Um, which I don't, so, I don't know if that counts as a spit take, but that's okay. So, <laughs> um, exactly. So I have a question, like, like a real legit question. I promise. Is this yacht that they're in the Olsen yacht? Like, do they have at this point yacht money? Because mm, I don't think so. My God. All right. I was just like, huh? No, I don't okay. think that this is their yacht. Um, but I the, so there's like this shot here that like there's like this weird slow mo montage that's just like I want to say like 15, 30 seconds of, of footage. them recreating the Titanic. No, 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 no. Before that, okay, where one of okay. them is just like laying in different positions at the oh, front of the yes. boat. Yes, <laughs> yes. I have that too. Like they're falling. Uh, Ashley's falling asleep on the yacht. 
Um, and then they have the Titanic reenactment moment. Okay, yeah, but uh, Ashley's falling asleep on the yacht, just completely like no, like she like goes lays down in one position, gets up, lays down in a second position, gets up and lays down in a third position, all in slow mo with like this weird. It was so such a strange choice. Like I was like, what is happening? And it went on for so long. Well, I, I just have, I think maybe the Titanic thing just took it out of my brain. You know? Oh, yeah. It was strange. Uh, but yes, another Titanic reference, which I, it's three for three. Every single movie has had a Titanic uh, reference. By the way, this one has two Titanic references. It does. It has two. It does. Yeah. But it's like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that there's going to be, there's going to have to be a Titanic reference in every single movie at this point, because every single one so I mean, far. I mean, we're, we're three for three. Let's see what happens next week. Yeah. Uh, or or next time we record. Um. All right, so, so yeah, the the guy, the bad guys are lost. Um, this is where we see them. So then we cut to the guys being lost after their like car crash or yes. like car flip. Um, then one of them is checking their email with, uh, which like the other guy gets like the older guy gets really pissed off about. Yeah, he has an aversion <laughs> to technology. He hates technology and every very much scenario. like the, very much like the dad. I am telling you, Al Gore's internet is yeah melting the brains of these men. Yes. Um and then we do a montage of like, you know, two days later, three days later, whatever five days later or whatever. And I was like, five days without food or water? Yeah. Like, I, I counted it was a total of ten days. A total of ten days. Without food or water? Are you fucking yeah. kidding me? I no. was like, yeah, that's not. And and also, like, there's no way, even if you're, like, walking in, tight, like, a huge circle, there's no way you can walk around for 10 days in, like, like and not hit civilization. Like, there's just, like... There, I don't like, think that where, there's... where do they get lost? Like the like the like the middle of a swamp or what? Like they were in the desert. But yeah, it's, it was weird. It was very it's odd. Just, also, um. I, I want this on the record that like Australia is notorious for having like these very big critters uh, that are venomous yes. as well. And I'm just like, everything will tell you. And you didn't, <laughs> 10 days and you didn't even hit like one spider or like one rattlesnake or anything. Like that's crazy. That's insane. Like, I don't know. Like, I've seen videos where those spiders make it into people's homes. Like, those yeah. spiders hit civilization. Way more quickly than these goons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the brown recluse or whatever. It's not like the like the deadliest spider. I'm pretty sure they have those in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, um, they have all of it. Like everything that you can think of that is venomous and terrifying, I would multiply it by 10 and they have it in Australia. Yeah, like, everything, everything in Australia is trying to kill you. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then we have. Yeah. We're back at the beach. Yeah, we're, we're back, back at the beach with a with their new popular crew of friends and Abby blabs. <laughs> she tells she tells Vic immediately first chance she gets that Sheila's dating Lenny. Immediately. Well, to be fair, it was ten days later. If we were to be late, yeah. the <laughs> unless that was like happening simultaneously with the movie, but yes, it could have been ten days later. Yeah, that was it's possible. Um, but then, so the surfers dudes come up to them and they throw around insults for a while, which is what hap- this happens multiple times throughout the movie. They just like insult each other for a little bit, um, and then Vic invites the girls to her yacht party. And says that if she hangs out with either of the surfer dudes, they can't be her friends and can't come to the party. 
Um, I also want it noted that the surfer bros, the, the surfer dudes are wearing red and blue respectively, and the girls are wearing usually pink and blue respectively. So yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's true. Also, um, is it P Peter? Is it Avery and Peter? Are those the two? Yeah, Avery and Pete, I believe. Or yeah. Pete, yeah. Pete looks like 12. He looks so young compared to Avery in and this And Avery scene. looks 25. Yeah, and, th- <laughs> and it's weird because it's just in this scene. I, like, he looks so young in this scene, and then later on, they look. he looks older. But, like, he looks so he looks like a little kid. <laughs> Pete was, like, mid-growth spurt. And, like, whenever they were filming this movie, and, like, the hormones kicked in for, like, the later scenes that he's yeah. on. Because when I was watching it the first time, I was like, there's no way that these are the, like, I was like, okay, this is one of the what do you call it love interest love the interest. other one because this the other one can't be then a love interest because it looks like he's his little brother like <laughs> there's no way i i guess that's like the the chance you take when you have like teenage actors and you're like yeah and your thing like maybe that's why they cast a lot of 20 something year olds to play like high schoolers because yeah. the changes can be very drastic yeah um month by month when you're a teenager um All right, so then we cut to the Sir William Wallace bar. Yes, yeah. Um, I think this is... The goons uh, goons uh, have reached civilization. Yeah, fun fact about the bar. (laughs) Apparently, like, that bar is the one where Mel Gibson got the idea for Braveheart from the bartender. (laughs) That's... Wow. That's apparently the lore behind the bar. But, yeah. Wow. They get quite the bar. Right, yeah. It's it's famous. but they get kicked out because the guy asks them, where are you from? And he says, you're ugly. <laughs> and the guy's like, next time, please just tell them New York. New York, yes. <laughs> that was really funny. It was great. It was beautiful. Um, okay, so yeah. then the girls- Mary Kay, or, or Maddie, right, uh, is paddle boarding with Katie. Yes. And Katie just knows that there is something in her heart. Yeah, this conversation does not this conversation doesn't pass the Bechdel test. The the first conversation passes the Bechdel test with Katie, but not this one. Not this one cuz Katie just <laughs> goes into it like who's what the is boy? his name? Yeah. Who's the boy? Yeah. Um but that is not the same <laughs> interaction that um abby Ashley, has abby has with uh shelby 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 it's just that it's a lot of sh- like names there's all the sheilas and then there's shelby like this is a woman's name for a man i don't I know. know i i know i get it so yeah they get their step they get separate pep talks from katie and shelby about like it you have to be yourself like yeah it's very that that's the theme of this movie is like don't worry about being popular just be yourself that's that's the theme and also that sharks can swallow whole sneakers. Multiple. Yeah. Multiple sneakers. Um, that shark had a serious foot fetish is what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm like, are we to believe that like he ate a, that he ate a human and digested the human and the, all that was left were the shoes? Is that what we were meant to believe or that he just ate the shoes? And that our- He ate the shoes. He ate the shoes because okay. Shelby has been looking for those shoes. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, it would be really, yeah, I do remember that now. Yeah, it would be really funny if, like, it's like, oh, that's all that was left of him. (laughs) Like, (laughs) I I knew that he had been gone because we found the shoe. (laughs) Yeah, because they were, like, two matching shoes. 
Yeah. Uh, the the theme of that is just, you know, our oceans are disgusting and we need to stop littering in them. That's that's what the lesson is. I thought the lesson was that sharks are also into footwear, just like Willie Garson thought he should be going into lady shoes. But yeah, they're gonna they're gonna win get a, a national day for themselves and a, an award for their amazing. This, footwear. this is like the third. This is the third shoe reference. This is in true. The movie. Yeah. yeah. So um, then then we got this take, which is basically um, Abby just barfing sounds. That's yeah. all it is. I I, I get it though, because that the like water was gross that they yeah i can't yeah i can't okay um Um, then we get uh, a next scene is the henchmen using a payphone yeah they remember those yeah so they get a room at the family's inn okay Um, so i have questions about this yeah how can you make a reservation when you don't even give your name i mean this lady she their (laughs) mom is so fucking happy that they have a reservation at all that she's like I don't even know. She might have been lying because she keeps on saying we had a cancellation two minutes ago. Literally, these are the only guests they've ever had. Yeah. She's like, we've been there for two months and we've this. These are the first guests. I'm like, what? No one like they have a prime property. Like you see multiple shots where the inn is on the beach, like on the water. It's it's really cute. Yeah, they basically honestly, the U.S. government hemorrhaging millions here like that purchasing that land and that in definitely at least a million dollars yeah uh for sure uh it it's just so funny yeah they they get the room and it's like they're like oh well, well you'll meet our daughters at dinner tonight and it's like is it this isn't a bed and breakfast who why does everyone at the end have dinner together what is happening and the dinner they have is shark casserole, and it has like little fin on top. Yeah, yeah, and I, well, it just looks like mashed potatoes. Honestly, it, it is yeah. in the in the commentary they say it's literally just mashed potatoes with a fin in it. Okay, <laughs> that's that's with, what it is with like a with like a fondant fin because also, it's really not real. <laughs> yeah, I and also I want to call out so like the they're wearing like these comfy sweatshirts in this scene, both the girls, and one uh, of them one of them wears is wearing like Niagara Falls sweatshirt, and the other one's like a St. John's something college shirt mm-hmm. um and i just i realized i'm pretty sure that there's a there's a theme of of them wearing like because like at the in the beginning when they're at the cheerleading tryouts one of them's wearing like an illinois shirt um and i just feel like it's like they're wearing clothing that's from places all over the world because they had to like go all over the world and they had to pick up stuff everywhere Mm-hmm. I think that's mm-hmm. I think that's kind of maybe what they were going for. Maybe I'm making that up, but I thought that was interesting. Wow, you really are putting much more thought than I. I, I just saw it and I was like, did. I mean, I don't know. I just saw it and I was like, they have so many local specific, like locally, like place specific, sort of graphic tees in the in this movie. Okay, so in the middle of dinner, we get the meet cube between Katie and one of and, and Mac, I believe, is one of the henchmen. Um, and right. he's literally just holding a piece of like parsley in his mouth, pretending that he has broccoli in his broccoli teeth. in his teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Honestly, superb acting. I can see now why he, his career took off. Yes. Yeah. He, <laughs> he his is the one that he took off the most. Arguably, I know. I know. Um, it's so weird. <laughs> Yes, and then we we the dad thinks that he's found another person who's as obsessed with post offices as he is, which is so cute. And honestly, it's a diversion because they're st- trying to steal the girls' keys. <laughs> to yes, to the room. but he's like, I want to take a you know 
a tour of this post office. And the dad's like, oh, my God, yes, let's go together. And then we can go see this one. It has a fountain in front of it. Like, he's just so excited. <laughs> he's found his people. He's found his people. Um, and then we learn that Abby has found the diamond in her backpack, thinks it's part of her jewelry making kit and makes it into a necklace. Yes. Yeah. And also she's like, what do you think of it? And her sister is like, it's kind of 90s. And I'm like, this movie came out in 2000. The 90s was one year ago, (laughs) ma'am. It's not like, like, I don't think that that's the insult that you think it is. Yes, the 90s was literally last year. Calm down. <laughs> like, if you told, if they, she would have said, like, it's kind of 60s, I'd be like, okay. Like, yes, yeah. That, yes. That also might not even be an insult, but yes. No, because I, I love I love 60s fashion. So yeah. it, it, it is what it is. But, it, like, it is a more accurate description anyway. But, yeah. yes. So then they, they start to get, like, very paranoid. They're like, yes. what, um, Maddie is like, these guys are kind of weird and like we they're the first guests we've had in, in months and like what if they're out to get us and then they and then apparently then they start doing like this spoof on the Blair Witch Project this is what the commentary yes. says I've never seen the Blair Witch Project yes. but like they pass like a store with like sticks that are like <laughs> like rope like they're like tied up with rope into st- like weird gross statue things I don't even know they're and it's like well, that's, oh, that's part of the Blair, Blair Witch Project that makes sense where, yeah like, yeah yeah, I I didn't get it, but I assumed that was a thing. Um, and they're all scared, and there's scary music, and they're running away, and that like because they're like there's people staring at them. What is with the guy in the car that's just holding a hammer? Did you see? I that? don't know, man. That was freaky. <laughs> I think it's more like you're expected to believe as a viewer that that's how they are perceiving people, not that people are basically that right? yeah but everyone like, else was just kind of like staring at them but then they cut to a guy in the car literally menacingly like hitting a, ha- a hammer against his hand looking at them and i'm like why do you have a hammer i i just thought it was more of like their internal their rich internal life yeah as i've said earlier. very imaginative women um and then who would they run into yes in all in all of the world but the two very uncool, let me re- let me make sure that we know this, very uncool surfer boys. Yes, their crush is Pete and Avery. And um, <sighs> they decide to go to Luna Park, I think is what it's called. I think it might actually be a real place. Um, and um, it is closed. But guess what, guys? That's not a problem because Avery's dad owns that park and they have the keys yes so now they don't have to wait in any lines and they can just run around the theme park and have fun together but my my question is they all the the boys seem to know how to accurately uh operate all of these rides question mark avery yes avery says that he's worked in the park for years okay well then that makes sense but then okay but but then explain this so they're they're riding the roller coasters right okay oh (laughs) i know exactly what you're gonna talk about how can they all get into the roller coaster and then have and then how can they get out when you have to press a button on the outside of the chair of of like whatever car is to release the safety harness yeah so they like they can't all 
before B in it at the same time, guys. Yeah, they zoom they zoom in. The first time they write it, they zoom in on the guy on like Avery stepping on the pedal on the outside. Like so you see him doing to, it to like release, to release their harnesses. Them. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. then but then the very next shot is all four of them writing it together. And I'm like, they are gonna be stuck in there for life. Like, no how <laughs> exactly. I don't know how they that's, get out. That's exactly like and <laughs> Anyone? Okay, so I used to work. At, I I'm so sorry, guys. This is probably the first and not last time I'm going to tell you this. But I used to work very briefly for Islands of Adventure, um, the Universal Studios theme park in yes, Orlando. Yes, yes. Um, and if you listen to Hockey Politics, you already know that. There to to like even for for any ride, right? You there are so many controls that people need to like. Mm-hmm push buttons, turn keys, yep. like even like the the thing with like the foot pedal is like something that is real, right? And in, in a lot of rides. Yeah. Because that's why there's so many park attendants at a ride because there are so many safety features built into yeah. a ride. So like they couldn't even all four of them get into the car mm-hmm. even if they were strapped in. If someone didn't push a button, they yeah. couldn't. A roller coaster couldn't even go. <laughs> is what I'm saying. So they would have probably just had to like sit there and pray that someone would show up to get to like push the button or even get them get them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that it, it was insane to me um, that they that they just did that. And then they also do all these like weird optical illusions. It, it, the optical illusions in this scene from like when they're in the fun house or whatever and like when they're going down that slide that is what reminded me of like the Louvre thing like it's like really? I feel like I'm on acid like this is <laughs> so crazy yes um and then um Avery says to Abby surf that surfing is a way of life and yeah. she looks directly at the camera and says He's a bit much, but he's cute, right? And yeah. I'm like, okay. It's like it's like, you know, ball is life, but it's it's surface life. Yeah, surface life. Like I already kind of knew where this was going cuz I was like, "Up, oh, yep, he's going to say it's a way of life." Yeah. Yeah, he's intense about his surfing, that's for sure. But he's a bit, but he's cute, right? Yeah. It's okay. It doesn't I mean, he's he's intense, but he's cute. So it's it's all forgiven. It's all forgiven. Um as are most things in life right. when you like men you know yeah yeah men get away uh, with a lot th- like they get they get away with a lot when they're cute honestly yeah well now we get the iconic scene of the mom watching soaps with the kangaroo and then the kangaroo puts out her cigarette <laughs> it is once again i if this is not cinema then i don't know what is yeah yeah that and then they 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 get home and they're like we were on the roller coaster of life like that was cute um, yeah, yeah, and then they they see their m- messy room that the henchmen have combed through, and then they're like, "Ugh, boomer!" Yeah, they just assume the kangaroo did it. Well, um, but you know what they don't know? It was another boomer, which is like one of the henchmen is definitely a baby boomer. You know? Oh, probably. Yeah, Sydney, uh, probably uh, uh. for sure. Sydney is definitely a boomer. Yeah. Um, and then the you know the the parents are sad. The mom like the dad brings home flowers for their anniversary, and the mom is like, "I miss our home. I miss our life." And the kids, um, the girls are overhearing this, and of course, um, as kids do. 
Yes. And so they did, they convinced their mom and dad to go camping um, to celebrate their anniversary. I'm sorry. You did not mention that there was yet another fourth wall breaking where they say, this is the part of the movie where we feel really guilty for all the trouble we've caused. Yeah. And then she immediately says, I feel really guilty for all the really trouble guilty we've for caused. All the- <laughs> it's beautiful. Yes. Just again, cinema. So I don't know how yeah. this wasn't like oscar like academy award not yeah uh, cheese and camp out the wazoo and i love every second of it i love it so much yeah uh (laughs) but now the girls get to go to the victoria's boat party without their parents looming while the while the parents go camping as an anniversary trip once again for the listeners we are still in australia where there are all sorts of creatures no thank you yeah i don't think camping in australia sounds very fun unless you have uh like robert Irwin with you you know um i i just i mean camping in australia sounds great for for the natives who know how to handle this yeah i myself as a coward would not yeah, I would need Robert Irwin with me, which, by the way, I'm, I'm fucking obsessed with Robert Irwin. I love him so much. I follow him on TikTok, and I have a huge crush on him. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Robert, if you're listening, here's your chance. Yes. Yeah, uh, he's amazing. His TikToks are so calming, even though he's, like, literally, like, playing with a deadly snake. It's like, I feel calm. I don't understand. Anyway, tangent over. They're going to the the boat party. and In 60s outfits. In but- the best best outfits ever like not even just in this movie just ever i like love those later when they call the shoes ugly i'm like fuck you girls those were the fucking amazing shoes don't even start with me uh you mean go-go boots yeah they were Um, definitely go-go boots and they have the dangly like huge earrings and it's so good i love it so much and as they're walking out the henchmen see that abby is wearing the diamond as part of her outfit Yes. Yep. And um, Sydney says, "Okay, so we're going to a party, right?" And Max says, "But I'm not dressed right." And Sydney goes, "Al Pacino wouldn't have to put up with this," which is again, yeah, peak cinema. Cinema. Sydney had some great one-liners, some really good one-liners for sure. And then the montage of the yacht party is basically just dad jokes. Oh my god, it's awful. And I in the commentary it, it says that it's like based off of some sort of like maybe I think it was maybe 60s like I think it was called Laugh In or something, some sort of show that was like really popular back in the day. Um and but I don't care cuz I don't know what it is and it was really stupid and cheesy. <laughs> like let me t- let me let me be clear. Love all the dad jokes in this movie up until this point. No, this part like there was not even there was the one funny joke that was not even like a quote unquote funny. It wasn't even really that funny. Where it's like what do you call Australian boxers and it's like un- down underwear or something. <laughs> right? I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, but the rest good. of it, no, the rest no, no, of it was no. like, why did the crocodile, cro- crocodile cross the road? Like I care. Or literally, one guy just says, "Surfadelic." Ew. No. <laughs> and then Ashley at the end just goes, "Am I supposed to say something funny? Something funny? <laughs> something funny? <laughs> literally the least l- least offensive one out of all of them, and still not funny." Yeah, it was bad. Um, I was like, this. I cannot wait for the scene to be over. 
I, the thing is, like, it was such like cinematic, like one upmanship up to this point for me. Yeah, that it was. It just fell so flat. Yeah, because was, it was so bad. Yeah, I just like it wasn't. Mm-mm. It wasn't bad in the same way that like the animatronic hand of like not animatronic, like the fake hand of a like kangaroo putting out a cigarette was bad. That it wasn't was just bad. plain bad. Like it was no no. no. <laughs> that was bad, but like in such a good way. In like a yeah. delicious, frothy way. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This was just bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um and thankfully Pete and Avery come in and save the scene. <laughs> because oh, before oh before that, the girls unilaterally decide that Pete and Avery is where it's at because yeah. they were like, yeah, these boys suck. And then magically Pete and Avery appear to how, save the day. How, how, how do they get on the boat? Because obviously <laughs> this is, I was like this. Like, so the henchmen can't get on the boat, but these two teenagers. Yeah. Can. I'm like, cool. this fully pulled me out of the movie for a minute, for a hot minute because they are, they clearly establish that they are no longer at port like they are not on the dock mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like they're middle like, of the ocean yeah they have the anchor down just in in on the bay in the middle of the water like nowhere near and i'm like did these guys like swim up from under the boat like how the hell did they get on this or did they like go and hide on the boat and, and like go in the below who deck knows? Who can- and just hide okay. under there <laughs> like how who knows on the boat? How do they get on the who boat? knows who knows and who cares honestly at this point so crazy i was like where the fuck did they come from and <laughs> and then they come and they throw insults a little bit like they always do that's like they're all yes. insulting each other and they decide to settle it with a surf war um okay the i'm beach. sorry i'm I'm sorry. Um, so I, I have a note for the, the surf war. Um, it says, uh, there's going to be a surf war, or as we call it in Barbie's America, a beach off. Oh, my God. Yes. I forgot about that part in Barbie. <laughs> yes. It's all the Kens. Just, you know. Just all the Kens. Just all the Kens. Yeah. Led by. Waving their like, dicks it, around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because don't you know that they're. Their entire job is beach. Yes. And then when they go to shake on it, Pete pulls like this, like the, the like too cool move where he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, and then he like, I'm sorry, this is a podcast. So you can't see what I'm doing listeners, but like he like pulls it away and then like, like tucks his hair behind his ear instead of going to shake the hand. I was like, dude, you are too cool. You are too cool. <laughs> too cool for this movie. Anyway, they they make their escape on jet skis instead of mopeds this time, right? Because they're in the middle of the water. Yeah, they're in what jet is, skis. What is more what is more of a water moped than a jet ski, honestly. Yeah, but before that happens, so the bad guys, we see them capsize because like their boat <laughs> their boat gets like thrown over from the anchor and i just have to say mac is me because immediately he's he starts yelling oh i just hit my mic immediately he starts yelling sharks he just he's in the water and he just goes (laughs) sharks sharks i'm like relatable that is me and then then this is where we get the amazing fourth wall break from sydney and he he just like looks straight into the camera and said like all exasperated and goes David Hasselhoff never had to deal with this <laughs> this <laughs> so funny I died I absolutely the delivery was on point I died um so then the boys ask them the girls what are they doing tomorrow because tomorrow is Saturday don't you know yeah um, yeah we are we are trying to. Uh, establish what day of, of the week it is in I don't, this i don't I know ca- why I can, but 
I kind of appreciate it. As what, I like, like oh, why they, are they not in school? Yeah, like, I was gonna say, like, did the they question. not have school on a Friday for this boat party? Like, this boat party was obviously believe, in the middle of the day. Like, well, I, I, well, maybe I'm, I'm just making excuses here. Uh, maybe the boat party was supposed to happen like after school, but like maybe there's like a shooting budget situation where they need more lighting yeah. if it's like at night. So they had to literally shoot this like in the middle of the day. Yeah, because it's, yeah, it's hours of it being very bright sunlight with no hint of it getting dark. So wouldn't I, yeah. it, like, wouldn't it make more like narrative sense, though, if it was meant to be a night party? Like, in, like in, in every teen movie, like there's a night party, you know? Yeah, but not on a boat. They want to be out mm-hmm. like enjoying the sun on the boat, don't they? Or maybe like the sunset. Yeah, the sunset would be, especially in, in Sydney, the sunset is beautiful. There. Yeah. So, yeah, so they're they're like hanging out with the boys on Saturday. Oh wait, okay, wait, which wait, is, wait, is this before the Okay, wait. I want to make sure when they're getting the hot dogs and like have the chase scene, that's after the bridge, right? Yes. So, okay. there's like there's a really um I I I was like, "Oh, this is a like really fun choice for them." Like they like the guys asked him what condiments they wanted the hot dogs. And yeah, no, like, yes, basically yes. We've sworn off condiments. That's, that was literally my note. I was like, they have ketchup related trauma because they're like, no condiments. Um, <laughs> but before this, they like they like climb the bridge, which is like a big thing, right? Like they they yeah. like they take them and honestly did not even take a note on this. I'm like, let's keep it moving. Yeah, like I, it's like a big thing. It's like a real thing you can do in Sydney. I don't remember the name of the bridge, but yes. So yeah, they're getting they have their con their condiment related trauma um from the beginning of the movie. <laughs> um and then the bad guys show up and it's funny. One of them so they they like I love this scene. This like exchange between the four of them. So they're each being grabbed by a bad guy and one of the girls says the uh, the tenors and the other one goes the sopranos not the tenors it was like so <laughs> funny <laughs> and then there's this line i think this might like one of my favorite lines um actually you know what i'm gonna hold i'm gonna hold on to it because it's my girl moment i'm gonna hold on to my girl power moment okay 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 there's a knee to groin maneuver that yes. chase ensues yes um there's a moment in this they montage it, of facing Go ahead. They call it a chase sequence too, which is like another amazing fourth wall. They're like, run, why chase sequence? And then they run. Yeah, love it. <laughs> love this montage or chase sequence as they call it. Yes. Love the part where they are all four of them sitting, reading a newspaper that says they went that away. Yes. That was um, amazing. Yep. And then we see one of the, uh, uh, we see, which is, which one is it? Sydney. Um, Sydney. Uh, which is so uh, whatever is drinking the, diet coke yeah that was sydney yeah i was like are you talking about the yeah. coke because yeah that was sydney yeah. and then we see mac um chasing them on a scooter and then yes. we and then we see sydney chasing uh, mac chasing them on a full bike and then sydney behind him on a kid's bike that he stole from a kid and the kid's like give me back my bike <laughs> and then uh the the scene we alluded to earlier where like pete gets into the car and they're like, since when did you learn how to drive? Since the scene, apparently. Yep. And um, they, they steal a car. Like, whose car is that? Yeah, just like a car that doesn't need to be hotwired. Yeah, they just full on stole a car because if he didn't know uh-huh. how to drive until that scene, that's not his car. But also, let's be real. 
like how do you turn it on unless the keys were in the ignition yeah they must have already like it must have already been on but like i don't i'm less worried about how they turned the car on and more that they committed grand theft auto and nothing is said oh yeah this all of it (laughs) um honestly everything um the girls form a plan Yes. You know, they get home, they they form a plan. And this and is when is the movie the becomes part of the Home Alone home franchise. Alone. Yes, that's what I have. Oh my God. <laughs> this is now officially part of the Home Alone franchise. Yes. Yes. So I, I for here I have uh, my note is Home Alone, this crooks, girls. <laughs> yeah. So we see them making all the booby traps and, you know, they're like spray yeah. painting a mop blue and they're like making slime. And I don't even know what they're like. There's like, there's feathers involved, uh, spray, like a, a rat trap, a rat trap oh, somehow. Yeah. Yep. Um, then we get a scene of the parents camping, <laughs> which like the dad clearly has never camped a day in his life. Yep. Um, and Yes. So then they get the henchmen tied down to surfboards. Well, yeah, because so they like set up all these booby traps and then the the guys immediately get knocked out when they open the door because like they stepped on like some skateboards or something like. Oh, like the first of the booby traps work too well. Yes. yes. And then then it's my favorite scene. Um, not hair product and nail polish to make the henchmen talk. Oh my also, god! Also bikinis. Oh my god! They torture using girly things. It's like, no, don't put me in a bikini. Not that. Never that. Not like you wouldn't. And they were like, wouldn't we? And they paint their toenails. They have like little smiley faces smiley on their faces. Toe. Yeah. I was like, this is genius. I love every second of this scene. Yeah, it's everything. It's iconic. Um, then Max's cell phone because he's the techie one rings. Yes. Yep. And um, Abby pretends to be Mac. And then we have our next Titanic. Reference. Yes. Yes. And she's she basically come like turns a full badass and is like, "I got your diamond. Better come and get it. Otherwise, I'll go Titanic on your ass and throw it in the into the ocean." <laughs> it's like so funny. But do you rem- like? This is okay. So this is this was released in the year two thousand in Britney's America, where there's like a full reference to Titanic in the "Oops, I Did It Again" uh, music video, and also I think the actual song. It's like, but I thought the old lady threw it in the ocean in the end, you know? Yeah. Um. So just it was of the times. Oh, definitely. Yes, and she basically goads him into coming to Australia so that they can call the FBI on him. But um, they cut to the bad guys, and like the guy's super pissed that you know they've he's foiled them. He, they foiled Emil. Them. Emil. Yes, Emil, Emil, not the henchman. Yeah, the Emil is very pissed that the girls have foiled him once again. And I just have to say, the bad guys are eating plain spaghetti with no sauce on it. No, I'm, it's it's disgusting. Like, what are you doing with your life? You need sauce. It, it, I'm. You are obviously not Italian. You're you're ugly in. So maybe you just don't eat sauce on your pasta, and you're ugly. I don't know. Maybe it's like a. Maybe it's like kids' noodles. You know, like butter noodles. I don't know, but still, you need some red sauce in your life, guys. Yeah, honestly. it was it was gross. Yes, but then we get the the girls sitting down and having milk and cookies with the henchmen, and this is a cute scene. It is um, the cutest scene. Um, they 
pitch them the internet business ideas, badguys.com, which is iconic. Again. Yeah, the girls um, better get a cut of this business. Like, they better get uh, a cut. And they pitch it to them like like a temp service for goons. <laughs> yes, I loved it. Uh, they, they're bonding. You, it's cute. But you know who gets the real Home Alone treatment in this movie? It's Vic. Yep. Yep. Vic gets, uh, sets off all the booby traps. I don't even know, like, what was she coming over to talk to them about? Oh, because she saw them with the surfer boy. And so what, she was going to tell them off or something? Is that what? Probably, yeah. No. Okay, well, she got her comeuppance then. Good for her. Who cares about her? <laughs> okay, so then the goons escape to avoid the boss. And yes. we get another useless event scene at the FBI. <laughs> yeah, so the girls, like, call the beeper to try to get them to come and get this Emil guy now that they've baited him into coming to Australia. And, yeah, we see the beeper again, which is amazing. Um, and the guy... It says, Parker, Parker, exclamation point. Yes, yeah, exactly. And the guy rage quits, throws the beeper in the in the toilet, which it says that it's use for FBI business only. It's what the toilet seat it's says. Beautiful. It's beautiful. <laughs> it is a, another cinematic masterpiece, honestly. Yes. Yeah, so then now, the, now they're, like, basically the girls who cried wolf and the... Uh, the guy, the FBI is not coming. Um, because they've and then we get them over too many and times. We, and then we get to the beach off. Now I mean, yes, surf off. Yeah, the surf war, <laughs> the beach off. Yes. Um. Okay. The only. Okay, I have a couple of notes, but the main. I don't. This is skipping ahead. I have to talk about this. I'm so sorry. The guy that looks like he is holding his dick, and saying he oh, bent my fucking god. <laughs> he's oh. like. <laughs> my god so he's it looks like he literally looks like he's holding his dick yeah he's saying he he bent his widgie and i was okay so i was writing my notes in real time and i was like i wrote that down and i was like i'm scared to look up what that means i i'm scared to look it up and then like then that cuts back and it shows that like he broke his finger and they're like putting a finger cast on him and he's like my widgie but like then <laughs> The guys are like, a guy can't surf in those conditions. Like, so they specifically mm-hmm, say mm-hmm, a guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, mm-hmm. they are fully 100% making a dick joke. They're 100% like trying to allude to the fact that this guy like broke his penis and therefore cannot compete on in. But it's a kid's movie. So we'll pretend it was his finger. They're like, how can we make Australian slang that no Americans know into a dick joke? How can we make this a dick joke? <laughs> oh, I was like full. I was like f- fully because again, twenty years have passed. Um, I was like, oh, it was his finger, not his penis. Thank God. Yeah. Like, yep. <laughs> same. I was honestly, I, I at first I thought he said wedgie. Like I was like, oh, he got a wedgie. That sucks. But no, <laughs> not what happened. He bent his wedgie. Like I fully thought he broke his penis to be like, yeah, a hundred percent. But because he bent his wedgie, which is not his penis, Abby has to fill in and and surf in the in the okay. surf force. Um, very quickly, right before that, um, Abby apologizes to Lenny and Sheila for blabbing. Yes. They make up, right? Yes. Uh, Victoria gives an impassioned speech. The surfies ha- have a different speech. And then we have a reporter with a hairbrush. 
that um, yes. was actually Sheila's and she's been looking for it everywhere. Yeah. So like they show him with a couple of different things. It starts off, he's actually holding a microphone. Then he's holding Sheila's hairbrush. And then later he's holding a spoon. A spoon. <laughs> and then he makes a joke about cutlery or something, which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, and funny. by hilarious, I mean, no. This is like a full on um, like paranoid schizophrenic, mentally ill man walking around the beach that everybody's just like, oh yeah, that's Milo. Like cool he just has okay whatever um the surfies loose they do um, and then they go to another beach and vic is now i mean not not for lack of abby abby tried she tried we saw her surf she she ate it unfortunately though (laughs) yeah but maddie invites vic to the other beach party which is where at at meal finds them how how oh yeah i don't know how how is how are these people finding them well, yeah. Well, they go like, "How are? Why are? Is everybody showing up?" And then, and the girls just go, "The big finale," you know, like yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, we're just wrapping everything up. Yeah. Um, the bad guy shows up. Pete is the bravest soldier. Avery, not so much. Yeah, Avery runs and hides, and he's like, "Nope, I'm not dealing with this." <laughs> and then, and then, um, Kate shows up. No, not yet. Sorry, the no, boomerang. No, 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 the boomerang. Yet. The boomerang happens first, right? No, no not yet. Not yet. Then the henchmen show up. Right. So Mac yes. and Sydney show up. Yes, the henchmen. Then, then one of them has a boomerang. And while Emil is getting away, uh, Maddie is like, I got this. And so she, we, we see her use her boomerang skills that we've only seen her use just once before uh, yes. to take down Emil yes. from getting into the water plane yeah like the the plane whatever that's, yeah the plane that's taking like off the, in the, the water. skimmer yeah. yeah um and then katie shows up to help she is an fbi agent plot twist you know plot twist um and then there's also, a party at the beach i but like the fact that maddie like she takes off her shirt before she throws the boomerang to it. i was like why are you why do you why did you take off your shirt like why did you do that that made no sense to me do you not understand what it is to be an athlete sometimes you just need you know Things for better form. Yeah, you can't you, know? you can't can't wear a shirt and be an athlete. You got to be shirtless. <laughs> Correct. It's just you. You need to feel the movements of your yes. body without a shirt. Right. Well, now we get a party yeah, yeah. party on the beach. Yes. Um. We summarize the three life lessons that we've learned in this movie pretty succinctly, and those three are: crime really doesn't pay, being a blab- blabbermouth is very uncool, and life is not being pop. Blech. I'm gonna okay. being about blah 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 blah. What the fuck? <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, we are very eloquent today. Okay. Being a blabbermouth is very uncool, and life's not about being popular. It's about being yourself. Aww. So cute. Those are the lessons. Well, I want to add one more thing. Um, if you uh, if you watch through the credits, there is a Qantas airline ad at the end of the credits. Oh, so much like much like American Airlines sponsored Passport to Paris, Qantas mm. Airlines is a proud sponsor of this movie. I believe. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Th- I also love how like so they end the movie with like the fifties montage like two before we get to the credits. Like a yeah, and I just love how at the very end it just says thank you and drive safely. <laughs> that, that's how they end the movie thank you and drive yeah. safely beautiful love this oh my gosh All right, so now that we've done our deep dive into this it is time for us to give the floor to the one of the most misunderstood underappreciated creatures on the planet 
who has no access to podcasting tools or podcasting, doesn't have the market cornered on podcasting, honestly. And that is the cis straight white man. Yeah. Uh, So Seth has graciously agreed to provide us his thoughts and commentary on his film once again for our little segment called White Man's Corner. (laughs) I love this segment. (laughs) It's honestly one of my favorite things. (laughs) And also, I love that we get all our thoughts out of the way before giving a platform to this underserved group. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) podcasting. we, We have priority. We're more important. We have priority boarding, as they would say, if we're making an airline metaphor out of this. Anyway, here it goes. We haven't listened to it yet. This is also our live reaction to this white man's journey with this film. The movie starts off with a faux newsreel, letting you know this isn't your dad's Olsen twin movie. Except it is. There are tons of boomer cultural references in this, (laughs) so much so that I'm not sure who this movie is for. This week, hey, it's that guy. It's Jim Meskimen, who plays the dad. They tried to throw me off by insinuating that the dad was a troop, but jokes on them, I respect the hell out of her mail carriers. <laughs> the girls share dreams, stop time to break the fourth wall, and get bullied for being witches. But this isn't paranormal teen romance, because those didn't take off for another decade. True. The Neil Diamond joke in this movie got me, so you win this one, movie. <laughs> and, damn it, the Amish joke worked for me, too. According to the map, the twins were relocated to West Texas twice, which looked like Horizon City and Presidio, in my estimation. Surf and Bird reminds me of being 20 and listening to the cramps in a cold apartment. Just a nice little nostalgia hit that felt good this time of year. The twins' Australian outfits make them look like servers at Outback Steakhouse. (laughs) Remember the first line of dialogue that we hear from an Australian? is g'day, mate. Yep. If you went to college... Did your college have a dude who pretended to be Australian? Mine did. We all rolled with it. <laughs> Just pretended? I never thought kangaroos were cute. Menacing bastards. But I think Boomer's a wallaby. Katie was a sexual awakening for an entire generation of baristas all along the gender spectrum. <laughs> I think that's cool. <laughs> There's a sandwich joke in here that didn't incorporate Vegemite, <laughs> which is hack shit. But then later we get a Vegemite joke. True. They use Nutella instead of Vegemite. Yes, he saw it too. I could tell, and he that's just it. weak. <laughs> the ship's captain guy was drinking an actual Australian beer, Victoria Bitter. I like the fair similitude. At this point in the movie, the baby got too turnt, so we had to pick it up the next day. <laughs> baby got too turnt. Only discovered Jason Clark is in this, and he's hunting down the Olsen twins, which makes this role a warm-up for his role in Zero Dark Thirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the balloon's needle drop is just weird. Who is that for? Everything ends with all the Australian Kens having a beach off, but sadly none of them realize that they are Kenuff. I've got to say, this hasn't been my favorite Olsen's Twin movies. The humor was a little too broad and kooky for my taste, but kudos to them for swinging for the fences with such an established brand. Not your favorite, sir? Listen. It's a masterpiece. Even... Even the less fortunate amongst us is entitled to their opinion, okay? I just love how you you guys are definitely supposed to be married. Like, you both made the same Barbie <laughs> joke, and I just love it. I love it. And so, 
for listeners, I, I just want you to kind of like envision this in your head. While we are watching this movie, because we are watching it together, because it would be weird if we didn't, we are mute. We are watching the movie and glued to our notes app. That is literally all that is happening, except, you know, taking care of the baby if need be. Uh, but other than that, like this, he did not make this joke out loud, or neither did I. In this in this moment, <laughs> for him to incorporate the same joke, like sometimes I'll I'll have like a, a note that I'm thinking of, like when we were talking about, like for example, the mom's lavender usage of clothing. Yeah, and I will have to preface this with, if I tell you something right now as the movie is paused, will you promise not to use it in your notes? And I have to, I have to get yeah, like an actual professionals. Yeah. You're professionals. We are professionals. Yes, is what I'm saying. And um, much like Mary Kate and Ashley share a dream <laughs> in this movie, my husband and I share a brain. Yes, with our Barbie jokes. I fully believe every every word that you said, and I'm not being sarcastic. <laughs> I, I do, I do fully believe it. Well, you know, there are many a times in this house. Uh, you know like where i'm thinking of a song or i'm singing a song and he goes shut up i was just <laughs> i've i've had this song stuck in a loop in my head all Aww. morning and i'm like really me too or like and it's usually something so random it's not even like wheels on the bus or baby shark which you know our daughter makes us listen to incessantly like it'll be something like completely random like Britney Spears toxic or something like that. Nice. So, Love it. So it's not like this is not unusual is what I'm saying. Yeah, I buy it. I buy it. But then again, I'm also the person who said absolutely not. Twins cannot share dreams. <laughs> right. True, true. Well, you guys are just on the same wavelength. What can I say? Um, we're we're tuned in to a higher frequency. <laughs> Yes. Sure. Um, speaking of higher frequencies, let's get to uh, feminism, which is the highest of frequencies. Uh, feminism 101, this is a pass-fail course. Does it pass the Bechdel test? I think yes. Because there is one, There, I believe that there's one conversation that the, that the girls have with Katie before. That like, is about... Yeah. Yeah. Before they like, like do the two separate ones, it's like they're both with Katie and they're both talking about how to fit in in Australia. Correct. So I, I think for the most part, this movie does pass the Bechdel test. It's not, it's necessarily, it's not nearly as much as, as about the boys as it could have been. Yeah. But this one definitely scrapes by compared to some of the other ones. Like I've, there were, there were fewer examples of non boy talk scenes than I expected, but it does pass. It does. Well, it also, I think, like, as we get older with more of the hormones and more of the, like, yeah. boy craziness inside of us yeah. uh, until we come to our senses at about age 25, um, you know, <laughs> it happens. Um, so my favorite girl power scene, right? Yes. I, I want to talk about this real quick. And then you you have an iconic one. Yes. But my favorite girl power scene is when the boys are kind of being like, hey, they're dropping them off at the end. And the boys are like, hey, is there anything you want to tell us? And they're like, you know, we're just in trouble, basically. And yeah. they, the boys offer to help. Yeah. Which is like a very gallant thing to do. I, I have to say that. Yeah. But they say, you know what? 
we just have to help ourselves. Yeah, I like that. that. They this also empowerment. I I loved that moment, but I also loved that like the non toxic masculinity here too because it really re- like the boys here reminded me of Kristoff from Frozen and like the second one where like they were like basically the girls were like you just have to trust us and they were like done cool done yeah yes. like no questions asked like we we trust you and we we know that you like got this and that you don't if you say you don't need our help you don't need our help cool bye like it was so we're such a respectful conversation like it's like so shocked well yes we will give them that but you know yeah um better i love the woman empowerment and and yes. of that scene of like no we have to help ourselves yes. like we got to figure this shit out yeah that was good yeah, um, I alluded to mine earlier. It's the scene where the bad guys show up on their date, the double date that they're having with the boys, and um, the guy, they're, like, holding them hostage, like, holding them up by their collars, and the, the guy's like, I have a license to kill. And then she goes, so? I have a learner's permit, and then knees him in the balls. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> Just, that is... It was, like, it was like peak... I loved it. I loved it so much. I don't even know. Well, I mean, speaking of things that don't patch the Bechdel test, could you tell me who was your favorite love interest of the two? Mine might be unpopular, but I went with Avery because okay. that one scene specifically where Pete looks like he's Avery's like little brother, like he looked so young. I did not buy that he was the same age for a while. Um, but also just in general, I think Avery was like objectively a little bit more attractive. Well, I mean, I as as I was rewatching this, obviously, I'm thinking like, okay, the 14 year old Adri, like, who was your crush? Kind yeah, of thing, right. I I want to make sure. <laughs> I was like, I'm not a pedophile, but like, obviously, I was like, obviously, yeah. I was like, you know what, Avery was always the guy for me. Okay, good. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Um, it, he also looks a lot older, like you said, than Pete. And yeah, he's just he has like better looking features i'm sorry pete i agree yeah pete's kind of just kind of like he's basic like white man he he kind of is like one of those it's you couldn't tell him from in a a crowd right like you couldn't really yeah Um, avery has more distinctive features he's also a sensitive king he's very sensitive he's very he loves surf surfing he's very passionate about what he does yeah surface life yeah (laughs) surface life um he is a little bit of a scaredy cat but hey that's like he's he's um what do you call it secure enough in his masculinity to to like admit that he doesn't want to fight these dudes so hey yeah well enough about the boys let's talk about the fashion that's what we're really here for heck yes (laughs) um so i want to like again as always shout out shoes that shot of like the platform flip-flops there at the end beautiful Yes, I would wear those again. Um, yes, platform. They have a lot of like really cute platform like flip flops in this. Yeah, loved those. Loved, loved, loved. Yes. Um, I would say honestly, of the three movies that we've watched, this one had like the most forgettable yep. fashion in general. Mm-hmm. Except that those sixties geometric dresses with the white go-go boots will forever be iconic and probably one of my all-time favorite outfits that they ever wear yeah it had the most forgettable fashion in one way but also the most iconic in the in the way of those dresses yes yeah it was the best and like 
you have the DVD as well. I know because we were talking about it and like, it's not like the main picture on the DVD. They're not wearing it in that, but there is a picture on like maybe the back um, where yes. they are wearing that on the DVD. And I'm like, they should have just used that outfit for like the main image. Cause that is just, it's so iconic. Uh, maybe they felt it would be giving too much away. I don't know. Maybe they don't have the, like whoever made the decision. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Well, apparently they say that they were going for an Austin Powers vibe with those. Um, I watched a little bit of fashion special well, features. Well, it is it is a true crime documentary, let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, for sure. Um, okay. So the real question, does it stand the test of time, Helene? Personally, I think it hell yeah, it does. Like, it's a silly romp with a lot of really popular and still relevant references that, like, you know, 20 years later, we're, we still fully understand and, and think are funny. Like, it, like, only a couple jokes fell flat. And it's not nearly as sexist as Switching Goals was. <laughs> so. <laughs> wow. High bar. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it does. What, about, what do you think? I don't know if. It would stand the test of time with like a newer generation. Like I just have to be honest, right? Like there are real yeah. references here that might confuse some Zoomers or, you know, people born in the year this came out. Um, so I, I'm not sure if it would stand the test of time with them, but it does with me in my heart. Um, like you said, really funny, like dad jokes, uh, except for that, like montage of, of the yacht party. Yeah. And also, I wonder if like the character of Victoria was inspired by another iconic Victoria, and that is Victoria Beckham. Yeah, like uh, Posh Spice vibes. Yeah, Posh of, of Posh Spice fame, um, because the look that she had was very Posh Spice. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. I could see that. Um, so that's that's my uh, my short answer is yes, but my caveat is about you know the younger gens. Hey, I mean you know I think the younger generation is watching you know '90s media all the time with things like beepers and stuff, and they might not fully understand it, but I think I think it's still enjoyable in general. I think there you do have to enjoy the wall breaking like you have to like a movie that breaks the fourth wall otherwise you will hate this movie with a fiery passion but <laughs> oh as far as technology goes right like we've watched now we've watched three Olsen twin movies yeah. right back to back so in switching goals they there was the fax machine yes yes the fax yeah so so we, so we got a beeper here a fax there what did oh uh, um passport to paris had like the boom box right did they? Yeah, they had a boombox in Paris where the, that's how they were blasting rap. I don't remember. Like a big, like a big stereo boombox type thing, like a CD player. I vaguely remember the boombox. Like, I'm, I'm trying to think what else, like what, what other yeah, um, technology. I don't really know if they, they had that much technology in Passport to Paris, to be honest. Well, they had, oh, they had definitely a printer because they had printed out itineraries that they were able to switch. Yeah, but I guess that was our it. printers not, uh, printers are still a thing, so. I don't think they're used as much anymore, though. Yeah, not as much for sure. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah i don't know well Maybe we'll, let's so, make it. Let's make a mental note to like think about that in the future because we didn't think about yeah. that when we were watching Passport to Paris. <laughs> no, so I'm now I'm I'm trying to think of like I wonder what the next like outdated piece of technology. Well, will be. what are we what are we covering next episode? We are covering uh, winning London. Winning London. Ooh, I mean, I know we'll probably see a red double decker bus, but I don't know what what type of <laughs> technology we're gonna get. Speaking of technology, could you tell us what media you've been consuming lately as we wrap up this show? Yeah, I I haven't really been doing a lot new. I've like been listening to that Buffy podcast I mentioned last time and rewatching Buffy alongside. So that's mainly what I've been doing. But now that the writer strike is over, I am so fucking ecstatic that our late night shows are back. So I've been enjoying immensely my return of Stephen Colbert's late show. And um, the episode of last week tonight that came out uh, on Sunday, I'm just I'm so happy that these shows are back. I've missed them so much in the last five months. Well, I have not been watching anything that has been impacted by the writer's strike, sadly. Um, I've been watching The Golden Bachelor. Oh, okay. Let me know your thoughts. I haven't decided if I want to watch it yet. Okay. Okay. So. I love reality TV. Um, if you're familiar with my work, as in familiar with my how all that I love to talk about in these segments of our podcasts, um, love trash TV, love reality TV. But I'm more of a Bravo viewer rather than a like network reality TV consumer. Um, The Bachelor, I've only watched Bachelor and Bachelorette, like snippets of some seasons like I never really go through like the entire season because I don't feel as connected I think is is the problem for me Mm -hmm. but I am so fucking connected to everyone in the show oh that's like emotionally um oh that's so good because I think it's one thing um to watch someone in their 20s and 30s looking for love and you're like yeah well that's relatable but yeah, it's harder yeah. to tell what their intentions are. I feel like their the intentions are clearer the older you get. In like life. you're like I'm like I'm like yeah, but also like I know that you're probably looking to be an Instagram influencer. You know, like that's right. kind of where my head goes to. Yeah, same. Um, so in with the Golden Bachelor, it's I I, I don't want to like spoil it for you too much, but it's like it's part of the lore that they're spinning. Right, is that. This man has lost the love of his life, his wife of 43 years. Yeah, I, I saw he was on and, The View, so I have a little bit of backstory. So, and he's looking for love. And, like, he, they go through the story, and it's, like, watching emotionally to me. It, maybe uh, listeners or people who've watched this would have different opinions, and that's okay. But for me, it was, like, watching those first eight minutes of Up. Where it's like just tugs at your heartstrings, you know, because I wasn't I wasn't as familiar with like his story before I like sat down and watched this. So it was kind of all brand new to me. Yeah. And then we get the women getting out of the limo to greet him right after we learn about all his story and and we see him getting ready and he's like waiting for this. The women, the first woman who comes out fucking smoke show. I should note that all the women are over 60. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. Which, like, I was talking to my hairstylist, uh, Juliet, yesterday, and she 
didn't know enough right to know how old the ladies were gonna be she thought it was gonna be like a sugar daddy situation you know (laughs) which like i could understand where that thought comes from in our society right but like all these women are over 60 they've left they've led full lives they've lived full lives they have experience they have baggage they have joy and pain and all of it you know like just all the stories are so different yeah but very relatable and believable and you know yeah some of them have watched the bachelor before right because Mm -hmm. i mean who hasn't sometimes but it's not about fame for them it's it's just like an experience that they want to go through they want to meet gary they you know they it's like a whole thing um so i feel very emotionally connected to it um because I believe in the stakes that they're setting up versus when like the bachelor or bachelorette is in their thirties and twenties. I don't feel the stakes as much. I get get that. Yeah, no, I've, I've definitely heard only great things about it. So it sounds like it'll be a good view. I probably will pick it up. Well, I'm watching it on Hulu. Great part thing about Hulu that i i mean i bought the no ads plan it's great love it love hulu yeah i've dropped out i mean old like like original akia politics listeners will know that i used to be like a big into the bachelor franchise for a while i was i had a big bachelor franchise uh phase but i dropped off the last few years uh and i've tried getting back in like bachelor in paradise used to be my thing and i tried to watch the new season of that and i couldn't get into it so i'm hoping this will get me a little bit back into it probably cut this out but there's something about like featuring women who are often invisible in media you know like after a woman hits like 35 you're basically invisible like and featuring these women and their stories and their families' stories or whatever they bring with them is so like it feels so good. Oh, yeah, that sounds great. But anyway, as you know, as we talked about, next time that you hear our fine, fine voices uh, wherever podcasts are sold, um, you are going to be transported into the land of fish and chips because we are going to England because we're watching the next American and Ashley movie winning London. So excited. Union Jacks everywhere. Red photo booths. Just is a no blue is Doctor Who. Red is actual London, right? Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, blue is the police boxes. <laughs> so right. yes. yes, yes, yes. Um, and did I say photo? Uh, did I say photo? I definitely meant phone. Red phone booths. <laughs> and trench coats. It's, you know, it's London, baby. Yes. I'm so excited. I love London. But until then, in the words of the poets that are called and sync. Bye, bye, bye. Growing Up Millennial is an independent entertainment podcast hosted and produced by Helene Karp and Adri Wilson. Our conversations in every episode fall under Section 107 of the Copyright Act, identifying criticism and comment of copyrighted material as examples of activities qualifying as fair use. Helene Karp manages our social media. Adri Wilson edits our audio and does all our graphics. 
You can let us know your thoughts by emailing us at gummypod at gmail.com. That is G-U-M-M-Y-P-O-D at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at gummypod. And we are also a newsletter. Go check us out at gummypod.substack.com. <laughs> Gosh, the, the uptake on here. We got to get better at this. Hachu figures out where they are and um, sends Ma'am, ma'am, ma'am. This is what <laughs> editing is for. You'll Thank see you. editing magic is going to be beautiful. And Amazing. you know what would be even funnier? If I didn't edit it out and I just kept <laughs> this entire thing. Maybe. <laughs> Behind the scenes, a little, little glimpse. Yeah. Okay. So Hachu. Bless you. <laughs>